All right. This is mine, is it? Yes, it is. It's 431. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Squinty Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. And I've got my eyes wide open, and I'm Ian Boothby. I've decided to change the name of the show partly. Just, just Squinty Dragon? Yeah, just now. All right. 431 episodes in. I think it's is time it for a change. Here for you? It's, not, it's nothing to do with me. It's been a very gray day in Vancouver. It's been a very gray day in Vancouver, but no, it's nothing to do with me. I think it's just time for a change. All right. I think Squinty Dragon is... Second thought, no, that's a terrible idea. Well, what was, what was your idea? Squinty Dragon. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to vote for a slick lizard. Slick Lizard. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a name of a like a kind of a bar band from like a small town bar band. Yeah. I also want but, us to be a small town bar band. Okay. Cool. I'm in. All right. Now, I'm first in. of all, are do we going to do like instruments? Oh, do I know any instruments? You, I'm familiar with many of them, but do right. I play them? Is yeah. a different question entirely. Um, you, can you know play what? A wee bit of guitar. I can fake. I could fake a, a twelve bar blues on guitar, and I think a bar band that's that's your go to. Okay. So we can definitely we can definitely do that. We'll do any song that has like the do 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 do. Okay, and I'll play the washed up bass. The washed up bass. Wash. Yeah, I'll also be a washed up <laughs> bass player, okay. but I will also play the washed tub. Oh, you're gonna play the washed tub bass as okay. in uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band. Sure, Christmas. cool, cool. And if you were in England, you would have played it. Played a tea chest bass, as would have been the 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 base of uh, the homemade base of that time period okay. of the fifties. If Emmett Otter lived in England, that's yes, what he would have played the tea chest bass. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Did he play the bass in the in the show Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas? Well, the whole. Uh, problem was yeah. you needed uh, you needed the wash tub yeah. for the base okay. and uh, and mom needed the wash tub to do washing to make money I believe okay and so you know you can do all this stuff if there ain't no hole in the wash tub but there's a hole in the wash tub uh, and so he used it and that was the big thing like oh my gosh now he's put the whole family in jeopardy because they were going to lose their money okay because there's a hole in the wash tub and then the uh, what was it the River Bottom Nightmare Band yeah. ended up just cleaning up. River Foggy Bottom, River Bottom. I think I it's River Bottom. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was a River Bottom uh, Nightmare Band. Yeah, with the great snake that's in the water, or the eel, I suppose. Oh man, it was so good. I don't remember it. River Bottom Nightmare Band. I really don't remember Very anything about Dr. that show. Very Doctor Teethy uh, keyboardist, and yeah, mm. one of the one of the band members just was an eel, electric eel, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. In just a vat of water, just like whipped around, and it was a yeah. great effect. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I I saw you know I saw it on television, of course, when it. And the thing that blew my mind is as because this is before the Muppet movie, and the thing that blew my mind is that Emmett Otter was riding a bicycle, mm. which I just thought was what you know, was, are was they that the doing? first time they've uh, they they pulled that? I think that was the first time they pulled the bicycle stunt. I don't. It wasn't because I think that predated Muppet Show and Muppet movie. Okay. Emmett Otter's Doug Ban Christmas, as I you know, unless my memory is faulty, which it often is. And then in uh, Great Muppet Caper, they did the uh, one where they had all the bikes. They just overbiked it, it. it. Like first of all, it was still impressive. Yeah. And I've got no clue how they pulled any of that off, even though I know there's like uh, videos online showing how they pulled it off. And still, you look <laughs> at it and just go, yeah. "It's a damn miracle. It's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, how, how did this occur? What kind of god would allow this?" Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty great. It's. Yeah, someone was. I was listening to another podcast, which is um, the Flophouse, okay. and they were talking about that new not Muppet movie, but it was a kind of a puppet movie. Was it the um, the murder mystery one? The yeah. adult one, yeah. Happy Land uh, Murders. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, and I liked it more than most people. 
Oh, you liked it? I was okay with it, yeah. Okay, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't want to... I thought there was some charm. Okay, I'm not going to judge it because I have not seen it, okay. but um, there was this one comment he made was that you just can't show a puppet walking because it does not at all look human at all. Like a, on a bicycle, it's fine because they're elevated. You can have, attach their feet to the pedals. There's some sort of articulation you can do. But as soon as you have them walking, it looks like they're floating and their legs are doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Without without them at all, you know. So unless you're that's a Sweetums or something, and then you got yeah, a guy that's a costume and like yeah, Big Bird yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's a bit different, of course. Yeah, I just I thought it was a good point. Although I guess you could do it like is it Moomin shots or whatever, where you would have like people dressed in black and someone working the feet yeah. in behind, like physically making them pound up and down, and you can kind of create an illusion of of movement there. Do you think Moomin shots are still alive? Do I think they're still alive? Yeah, I well. I don't know. It's kind of. I mean, it's kind of like asking. Well, I was gonna. It's kind of obscure. Uh, it's it's like kind of like woman shots isn't. Yeah, but I think it's still a thing, right? Like it's still happening. Is it? I don't know. I don't. I'm not a woman chance. That's why I was asking you. Do you think? And first of all, I'm sorry I didn't say. Are they still together? And my 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 assumption is they're dead. Yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. was my first thing. I thought, well, well, they're European. So they must be dead by now. Mm. I don't know why I think Europeans live a shorter time. They don't. <laughs> uh, here, here's my question to you. Yeah. Uh, what what country were they from? Germany. No, they were not. They were Swiss. Swiss. Oh, Swiss. Oh, yeah. okay. Absolutely. Well, they they threw me off by not having not incorporating the three the three languages of Switzerland into their name. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're uh, yeah, they're touring yeah. at least as of 2016. Mm-hmm. I would think, like, again, you're older, because they were founded in 72. Sure. Uh, so but I'm sure um, members have left and other people have come in and taken over those positions and stuff. Damn it, you're probably right. Because, you know, you really just, like... There's, there's been a- eight members in total. But the most recent member joined in 1990. Yeah. So there's no spring chickens in those uh, in those assets. Sure, sure. you got to be pretty flexible. On the fr- oh, yeah, jeez. That must be... Oh, say- no, they didn't join in 1990. They were born in 1990. Okay. Okay, that's fine then. It's all right. I have a feeling that you kind of age out of that. uh, Even just putting on the tights, the bodysuit, you age age out of that as well. There's eventually a point where your fellow fellow movement chancers are kind of like, Fritz, time to move on. Fellow movement chancers, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, they would tell you that with that uh, creepy uh, clay mask thing that they would do. They would just like form it into like a shape of a hand that would be pointing towards the door and you find out that way. (laughs) Okay. I found them a little disturbing as a as a as a young man when I saw them on the Muppets and really? whatnot. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The thing where they would like mold their own faces into different expressions was uh, creepy to me. Hmm. I don't remember that. I think it also it reminded me. So obviously it didn't make an impression. And maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm getting the timeline wrong on this. But uh, Will Vinton, who did the California Raisins most famously, yes, uh, did a uh, Tom Sawyer story. Yes. And there's a very the creepy jumping frog of blah blah blah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but, the, but there's uh, a very creepy uh, scene in there where uh, they meet the devil. And the devil has oh. this uh, face that just keeps uh, changing the clay. And, oh, uh, that's cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's it's, a good it's idea. A legit, it's a legit creepy uh, scene in this uh, Tom and Huck story. with well, Who's the girl? Uh, who, Becky? Uh, Becky. Yeah, Becky's there as well. Becky Thatcher. There you are. Why oh, didn't she get a spinoff book? Where's the Becky Thatcher book? No one wanted it. I'm just surprised no one's done it since. It he wrote like an it. Obvious... He wrote it. And just... But his use of the language in it was so unacceptable even then mm-hmm. that they couldn't they couldn't publish it. Yeah, he went like, Huckleberry... how do I top the N-word? Huckleberry... <laughs> I got to make up a new one. <laughs> and right. he did. And it was like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, later Tom Sawyer became a, a detective, right? 
That I'm not making that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah you yeah. were familiar with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That seems mm-hmm. like the kind of thing you would go, that's not true, and then we'd argue about for like 10 minutes. No, no, I've... And I've, then we'd look it up. <laughs> I have read all of Tom uh, Mark Twain. So how has that never been a thing? Like in, in the in the infinite time since uh, the books came out, yeah. uh, how has that never been a movie or TV series? They haven't made that a Tom Sawyer detective? I don't, okay. Are you familiar with anything no, close I'm not, to that? I remember there, they did a, uh, I remember there was a TV version of Puddinhead Wilson, which is a mystery with the first use of the fingerprint as the clue. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Because it was it was a brand new idea, a forensic idea at the time, and and Mark Twain, I guess, read about it and thought it was very interesting, and then he he incorporated it into his story. So not the first detective story, but the first to use the. What was the first detective story? Probably Murders in the Rue Morgue, which is kind of a uses a character who's kind of like a Sherlock Holmes character, like a. A detective who can observe and comes to a conclusion, although the murder is completely preposterous, involving a gorilla coming into the apartment and murdering someone. Oh, but sounds that, like a 1960s DC comic. But the, <laughs> yes. Mort, what's his name? Mort? Mort Weisenberger, I want to say, but that's wrong. That's not, that's not right. Weisinger, 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 something like that, yeah. Apparently he was a big fan of gorillas. Yeah, he said like a gorilla on the cover raised your sales, I think, by like 2,000 copies. Really? So, uh, well, that's, that's so you boys. Had Jimmy Olsen marrying gorillas. Yeah, uh, gorillas Superman turning up. into a gorilla. Uh, uh, gorilla Grodd, mm-hmm. uh, who then being Gorilla City in The Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there was a mob boss. There was a, yeah, it was like the gorilla boss in uh, Batman. I'm trying to think of, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Superman had uh, Titano, giant kind of King Kong. Okay. Uh, gorilla. I'm trying to think. Now, Wonder Woman, did she have any gorillas? She must have. Must have had a gorilla. She was hanging around with gorillas. Although, was there a Wonder Woman comic in the 50, 60s? Oh, there's a that's a good point. That's a very that's a very fair point. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's interesting because uh, I've met it said before, but I'm not a I'm not like a, a a monkey or or ape aficionado. In some ways, I may be an avoider of it. Like I've never watched like the Planet of the Ape, the new Planet of the Ape movies. It's it's not interested in watching a bunch of monkeys do stuff. I liked it because, as I think I've mentioned before on the show, where I used to live in sure. Vancouver had a personal uh, connection the, the revolution happened directly across the street from me yeah and that's where it all uh, all went down <laughs> went down and again were you still living there when the revolution happened um, i think you'd move by then no yeah. i wasn't there for that i was there when the previous revolution happened yeah which was a uh, stakeout too yeah they were staking out uh, you just there was a car parked across the street from you for a long time and you're like well, what's the, going on over there it was emilio estevez and richard uh, dreyfus mm. and they were in uh, they would logically have been... Uh, is Emilio Estevez in, in the first one? I believe so, yeah. Okay, because I know Richard Dreyfus is, but... I didn't. Yeah, I believe they were both in. Okay. And they were staking out uh, at uh, Rosie O'Donnell's house. Okay. And so that house was directly across the street from me. So technically, yeah. the house they were staking out yeah. was my apartment. So technically, they, if they were looking out that window, yeah. uh, they're seeing me. So, uh, so if you're watching ever the movie Stakeout Two, as most sure. people do around yeah. Christmas time, sure, you know because it's a family tradition. Uh, that's uh, that's what they'd be looking at. Was Stakeout Two also directed by John you Badham? Don't need to ask me any more Stakeout Two? Quite. All right, let me let me look. <laughs> you don't have to look. Oh, this is a question. I, I, I had all this. I was just showing off that I knew. I was just showing uh, off that for some reason I know that John Badham directed Stakeout, although I've never seen the movie. Oh, stakeouts all right. Oh, and sorry, I'm calling it. Uh, I'm calling it stakeout too. That's being very disrespectful. Okay, it's uh, another stakeout. Oh, I'm sorry. Where I, okay. I, I believe it probably should have just been called not another stakeout. 
Uh, so you're so you're saying John Badham John Badham John Badham directed was the first the one director of the yeah. first one yeah. uh, yes he carried it on uh, good to for the him second one good for him with uh, cash Dreyfus, that check sir Emilio Estevez uh, Rosie O'Donnell and uh, um, Marcia Strassman who I believe was she the wife in Welcome Back Cotter am I getting that correct is that right I think wow so wow. yes I'm glad to hear oh, she was still working good job Ian. And uh, also, she was in Honey, I Shrunk, Shrunk the Kids. Good for her. Yep. I like she was the one who would go, I don't want to hear another fucking joke. And then Gabe Kaplan would go, I'll tell you about my Uncle Roger. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear it. <laughs> one day, he was like, shut your goddamn fucking mouth. What is, and then they what would just they would edit that out all her bits. Oh, okay, okay. And they were just like, eh? Huh? And then uh, he'd tell the, the joke at huh. the beginning and the end of the show. Yeah. She was too good for him. Oh, my God. You're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, final season of that show, I think she basically became one of the, like the lead. She was like she took oh. over as a teacher and like because uh, he, he left. Went off. Yeah, yeah. So he was like technically the principal. He'd never see. Okay. And then yeah, they went along that. But back to Tom Sawyer for just one second. I was sure. seeing if they ever did do. You're talking about the Rush song, of course. I am. Uh, it gets high on you, and the Spacey invades. It gets by on you. Um, <laughs> so it's a, a it's a murder, and uh, in, in, it's basically like a burlesque. They say. Of the immensely possible uh, popular detective novels of the time, mm. but the big controversy about it, yeah, was uh, it was kind of a borrowed plot. Oh, from the, yeah, from uh, plagiarized. Uh, they say from the Vicar of Willby. The Vicar of Willby. Vicar of Willby. He didn't think anyone Steve would notice. Blitchers. Uh, Vicar <laughs> of Willby. Huh. All easy words to say. It's funny that because that there, that's a good example of like how. You know how media disappears over time. Like you'll never, you and I will never read the Vicar of Wilby. I apologize. Sure, please do. Uh, Are you apologizing to Mark Twain or to me? It was made into a film. Oh, okay, it was made into a film once. Yeah, if you're not counting the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which had Tom Sawyer as an Blah. adult, and not counting hell that at no, all. we're not. I'm not counting um, that. I'm counting that as a 1938, movie. 1938. It was made into a film directed yeah. by Lewis King. Okay, so starred Billy Cook as Tom and Donald O'Connor as Huckleberry Finn. Oh, Donald O'Connor. A young Donald O'Connor. Yes, sir. Wow. Well, I, I have to um, keep an eye open for that on TCM. If it ever shows up there, I might just subscribe. Because I'm not subscribing to them right now. Okay. Because but you I, have the option to subscribe. But I have the option to, to subscribe. All right. To the HD. Oh, TCM. HD. Yeah. Very nice. Because they, they took it out of my movie package. I, 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 I canceled a lot of my television a little while ago. A lot. I don't know why I had so many channels. I guess I'm made sense when i got my television mm-hmm. package i don't know what i was thinking but i got a lot of channels a lot of channels but at the time you had to get them as packages like you couldn't just go can i have the comedy channel can i have this channel no like it's like you want to watch some sports well you gotta get the sports package so you gotta get 50 sports channels and you're like okay i guess i can watch high a lie and then and then if you do you want some comedy well you gotta get the comedy package of course you do. You know, and that's not that many shows, by the way, because there's not that much comedy in the world. Now, uh, now uh-huh. our, our friend Nina Matsumoto, Hi, Nina. dragon, is going to get mad at me okay. because I'm going to mispronounce a Japanese word. Okay. And, uh, and the word is uh, sun, uh, sundoku. All that's right. the popular game with numbers in a grid? That is the having the uh, books that you have purchased but haven't read. Oh, my gosh. Right? So I think it would be TV sundoku for... <laughs> 
<laughs> having more channels that I need. than you ever watch. Yeah, yeah. You, but you have that comfort of knowing, but if I want to If I want watch, to, yeah. If I, I want to watch, watch nothing but black and white movies all day. Yeah. I'm, I'm sad. I got TCM. I got retro. I got, you know. Oh, yeah. Silver screen, I think it's called. Yeah. Sure. I think I still have silver screen. It's like a cheap, I can watch all the cheap garbage channel. But, but yeah, so like the kids, of course, were young. So I had like the kids stuff. So I had Disney and, uh, whatever teletune and all that kind of right but you wouldn't let them watch TV. the sitcoms because they were garbage no it's like they're terrible but um so i had all those channels and then i had i had like the movie things as well so i had like all this movie stuff and then i had like the science fiction like the space channel and all that stuff fx and all of that amc and everything that came with that all the stuff i never watched plus i had like normal television and then i had the time the time shift stuff so you could I could, if I wanted to tape something, I could tape it at four mm-hmm. in playing in Boston, and then I could watch it after dinner with the family. Which is, that was convenient, but once, like, it seems like there's no shows on television anymore to watch, so that, that we watch as a family. Like that, you know, those were kind of, we had like our family shows that we watched together. And then that, there's, the girls are kind of basically gone from the house most of the time nowadays. We're just like empty nesters, Lisa and I. And so, um, yeah, so there's no purpose to all this stuff. So I like, I think I canceled like, oh, I don't know how much, oh, about $100 in, oh, okay. in television I didn't need anymore. You just kept the Horse Mystery Channel. The Horse Mystery Channel. Oh, ah, that's the other Francis. thing. I got, I don't, know, I don't know if Lisa's noticed, but I got rid of like the forensic, the ID oh, channel, okay. internet, no, no, Discovery ID or yeah. Discovery, whatever it's called. Yeah, that was the murder channel. We don't have that anymore. I don't know if she's noticed that. Because there's a lot of murder stuff on Netflix that you can watch. A lot of that kind of same stuff, forensic files and... All those kind of shows. I'm. I know. I start a lot of sentences with "Let me ask you a question." But please, please ask me a question. My, uh, you know, and if I, I can think, answer it, I will. I'm going to yeah, have a drink of water while I, I don't you're want to turn formulating this, into this. A, an interview situation. But I, I, I might because uh, it's lazier for me. Um, <laughs> do you think? Yeah. Since all of these crime podcasts and uh, infinite uh, CSI type shows, mm-hmm. both fictional and non-fictional, yes. have appeared. Yeah. Uh, it has become more difficult for the police to solve murders because uh, people now know what to cover up. Or mm. are people still making the same dumb mistakes that they would make before because uh, it's all arrogance? I suppose planned murders might be more more like, like someone who you know goes through like what we call first degree murder, where they carefully formulate a plan of murder. They know what to wipe down. They, they know, know what to clean up. They know pick every piece of hair. Up. Yeah, yeah. But I think obviously crimes of passion. You know, second or third degree, whatever those sort of are, manslaughter, those sort of things. You know, where you just act out of yes. anger or whatever, and then then it's just like a mess. You're trying to clean up, and you you know you use bleach, but you just leave like a big mess. And of course, you can't get everything because you can't see it unless you go to buy some luminol or something like that. Like if you were a murderer, like if you were a pl- planning a murder, right. you would get some luminol so you could see your mess. You know, like you know, luminol stuff they wouldn't, spray. Yeah, wouldn't that be a clue that uh, murderers happen there because there's luminol around? Well, you just, it's just like a spray, right? You'd, yeah. you'd probably clean it up as you cleaned off the blood. Oh, I see. So you look, you do the luminol first. Yeah, so you can see what you you're cleaning. You wipe up the luminol yeah, yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. And you wipe up the blood splatter and stuff that you discover with the luminol. Because you, you know, you could plan as carefully as you can. Unless you can lure someone like Dexter into a room that's completely encased in plastic mm-hmm. wrap, it's pretty hard to have like a spotless murder scene. Because, you know, we bleed a lot. When... Wouldn't the way to catch Dexter be to go like, Hey, we noticed that your plastic wrap bills are uh, huge. <laughs> well, that's but they don't know he's using plastic wrap though. Okay, well, here's the other. They're thing. not like witnesses to we're we're witnesses what's, to how he is his process. He, what's he doing 
Okay, I didn't really watch Dexter. I don't blame you. Okay. What did he do with the plastic? He, he, would, bun- he would bundle it up with a body and then drop it into the ocean. Now, there was a season... Actually, after the the first season, it kind of goes all 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 shiningly for him. But the second season, yeah, things go awry because it's discovered. The bags are discovered. I think at the end of the first season, but then the second season deals with the fallout of the fact that these garbage bags full of human body, human remains have been like discovered. Once again, the, every, it's clear it's the same person doing all of these murders. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, right. So uh, everyone would, uh, it would be like, hey, here's an interesting thing. You knew all of these people. Or there was a connection. With no, there, he doesn't. He doesn't know them? No. How's he find out about them? Because he works for the police. Uh-huh. And so, see, here's the thing about the show. That so these just, are all people, though, who are uh, obviously guilty because he's found this out yeah. through his work with the police. That's right. So I would say that would be the huge clue would be like all of these people are obviously guilty. Okay. You know, and then the, you'd go like, well, who would know that all these people would obviously guilty? Well, the only person who would have access to that information would be a police officer. Now we're uh, working our way down that rabbit hole. Well, sure, it's a, it's, sure. It's a cop. And it's like, okay. Could be. It's the most handsome one because obviously he'd be the most interesting one. And so there's uh, Dexter. <laughs> but he was, his name's Dexter. So he was a blood him. spatter expert, not a policeman. But, okay. But um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways to catch him. But then that would have ended, stopped the show, and it was a successful show that ran for too many seasons. Right. And they never went with the uh, book idea that there was a supernatural element to it. Oh, was that in the book? Yes. The book seemed... Basically, there was a, a demon. Yeah, there was a demon that uh, kind of like sort of possessed him a little bit, I believe. Yeah. Hmm. Like I, did, I, think, I think the book was even worse than... From what I've heard, I never read the book, but Lisa told me the plots of the books. And from what she told me, it seems like it was worse than the decisions they made for the TV show. Like, it seems like the, deci- the, the TV show kind of stayed in, in some form of reality. I mean, it's TV reality, you know, where you can't catch, like, a killer who's murdering hundreds of people, you know. Is it? But, you know, they're, like, criminals that are being killed, so no one's, like, wasting their time. They're probably like, ah, I probably just moved to another city, hmm. you know. Nah, I probably moved on, moved on. Who knows? But the thing, the thing was, is, like, the idea of the show was that he was a good killer, because he murdered murderers. Right. But the thing was, is that he used his position as a forensic expert to free murderers from, in, from trial. Right. Like by blowing some piece of evidence. And then he could murder them once they got out. So that seems like you're not helping. You're hurting. You're not a good guy. You're just well, taking advantage the of a system. That he had that uh, serial killer... Uh, part of himself and he needed to kill someone yeah so he would kill the most guilty person he could sure and that would quiet down the urges that would quell the quell urges, the yes. urges. Yeah. yeah and uh, it wasn't about justice it was about uh feeding the beast yeah. inside yeah. of the killing yeah. it wasn't uh, like what you're what you're describing would be more along the lines of uh whatever uh judge justice that we talked about the other uh on the other show with the judge who when a, a criminal went free because of a technicality, would put okay. on a leather jacket, uh, <laughs> ride get a, motorbike. On a motorcycle, and uh, hit deliver, him with his gavel. Deliver some justice. Oh, he should have. He should have been like throwing gavels and stuff like that. That like, would have been would like have been a better. really nice big hammer, and just yeah. like boom, you're out of order. Bam, <laughs> adjourned. I think that guy's a judge. <laughs> That's a problem. I hold you in contempt of life. Boom. <laughs> I sentence you to death. He. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it was a pretty silly show. I mean, it had a, it had some good stuff about it, but overall, silly. Okay. And as long as you regarded it that way, it was okay. So what? Uh, now again, this Tom Sawyer detective thing is basically mm-hmm. a big parody of detective. Sure. Things, Sounds which good. Is 
Which is, yeah, which sounds which You know sounds what? That sounds like one. I, I don't think I've read that one. I don't, it doesn't sound familiar to me. Oh, okay. I thought he read all of Mark Twain, so I'm... Did you read uh, Tom Sawyer Abroad, which is the one that came before that? No. Yeah. That was the, How did I miss these? That was the book that uh, preceded it. Are you sure? You're not thinking of Innocence Abroad. I am thinking Tom Sawyer Abroad, novel written by Mark Twain, published in 19, 1894, these? features Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn in a parody of adventure stories <laughs> like those of Jules Verne. Huh. And the cover that I've got here is Tom and Huck as adults being chased by a tiger. Wow. Yeah. Well, I have to check, look for these because... Um, Do you want to know more about this book? No, no. We'll check your local library. Yeah, I will check my local library because, yeah, that's... They uh, travel to Africa in a futuristic hot air balloon. Okay, that's enough. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'd, like, I'd like to see that. I mean, I'd like to read the book. Yeah, it's uh, fascinating because I've read a lot of uh, Mark Twain. I thought yeah, I read it, goes, it all. It goes, yeah, I I Tom Sawyer, Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Uh, then it's Tom Sawyer Abroad. And then it goes Tom Sawyer Detective. Mm. And I think that's the end of him. Wow. I think that then he has to solve his own murder. I guess that was when, when Mark Twain went bankrupt. He needed to um, he needed to make some money, so he started milking his little characters. I have read Tom Sawyer. I tried to read Tom Sawyer to, to Mary when she was little. Because Mary was a very precocious reader. Who loved rafts. Who lo- no, no, Tom Sawyer doesn't have rafts. Does it have rafts? You're thinking of Huckleberry Finn. They're on a raft on the river. But they also do a little rafting in Tom they may Sawyer. They may do a little bit of rafting in... Uh, they also do a lot of spying on people. But anyway, the... Um, and also, uh, I heard the reports of his death were greatly exaggerated. Sure. I always wanted to see like someone at the at his actual funeral just going, yeah, I think we got this death right. Huh? <laughs> Bang on. He well, des- second he deserved time's it? the charm. He deserved it? There you go. No, just, you know. No, he's dead. Oh, okay. There they had to go. take... They had to check. The... the um, Yeah, it was just the vocabulary was just too... It was just too difficult. Mm. Like, it's a book written for kids, I assume, because it's pretty, you know, it's a pretty... When did you read it to her? Because I know exactly when I read it, at what age. So when, when did you read it to her? Um, she was in elementary school. Okay. I'm not too sure when exactly. I was I was 11 when I read both Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I liked I liked the way it was written. I liked the perspective. I liked mm. it quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was older when I read them. I didn't read them. I still re- I read them in high school, but I, I was older than that. Oh, and sorry, Tom Sawyer, for more Tom Sawyer trivia. Yeah. He also appears in three unfinished Mark Twain books. Oh, okay. So that would be uh, Huck and Tom Among the Indians. Okay. Uh, that will probably not be finished. Schoolhouse <laughs> Hill and Tom Sawyer's Conspiracy. And you know why that one didn't get written? Well, got, you know. Yeah. Illuminati. Told the, tr- told the truth. Illuminati got him. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. The I word. The Freemasons came in there. Hit, the, hit him with their gavel. Yep. Those books all got put in a raft and sent out to, down the river. <laughs> hmm. i'm gonna have to uh maybe i got kind of tired of mark twain at some point there but uh yeah i read quite a few i read like innocence abroad roughing it um uh, puddinghead wilson can't remember what else but yeah i read a lot like by bunch at one time and then i got tired of it i guess now uh has mary read tom sawyer since prince and the pauper i love that prince and the pauper uh has yeah yeah why i read prince of the pauper was I was such a big fan of Bill Bixby from The Magician. Okay. He had a TV series called Once Upon a Classic. Okay. The first story that was on Once Upon a Classic was The Prince and the Pauper. Huh. I really liked it and was actually disturbed by it. I found it very scary. Huh. And then uh, I went like, oh, that's I really like this story. I was like, you know, it's a book. What? Which I guess they didn't really push <laughs> in Once Upon a Classic, which it seems like they should have. Yeah. And I went like, oh, I'll read that. And I really liked it. Cool. I also read um, A Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. Okay. So I read quite a few, but I missed Mark. T- I missed them, the uh, Tom Sawyer ones. So that one I would have. That one I probably I didn't read, but I probably would have been on board with because it involved time travel. It does, and and it's uh, more of a 
it's more about what a disaster it would be for someone from the pa- future to go to the past. Like later on to the past. Later on, why I think I didn't read it was it smelled like uh, the kind of book like Gulliver's Travels, where oh, I'm 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 enjoying this, and then it's like you know, it's a satire of all these different things. Ah, fuck that! Then I'm <laughs> tired of that. I don't want to hear that. Why? I don't want to hear that. It's all about something that I'm not getting. The I just want to read the thing. I don't know what you're talking about. But you can read it at different levels. You don't have to. No, I don't, no, have, I don't want that. it to be like something that I'm missing all the gags. There's no like. I feel like I feel like then the I'm like a kid watching Batman, and I'm enjoying Batman the uh, the original series, TV series. Yeah. But I'm not getting the jokes, and I'm like okay with that. But then when you're a bit of an adult, yeah. you're like, well, I want to know what the damn jokes are. I don't want to like be missing all the all the bits. The curious thing about Gulliver's Travels is that it was written in two halves. So the first half, the Lilliput. Brobdingnag part, the island where he's very tall and the island where he's very small, was written first, and it's very quaint and kind of fun. Yeah. And funny. That's your money in the bank. That's, yeah, that's him peeing on the palace, put up the fire. Great. Great, great. Boom. End the movie there. We're done. Yeah. Because you don't want want to go on to Laputa, which is a floating island in the sky. Is there one where there are horse-headed people? There's horses. There are horses. the Yahoos? The Huynams. Yeah. Yahoos are the people. Okay. Winnems are the are the horses who are much better than us. And the problem was is that Swift wrote this several years after he wrote the first half, and it's very when he was very bitter and possibly lunatic, and what you know had a lot of like you know suffering some mental problems, and so it kind of is a reflection of a bitter man rather than a person looking forward to life in a, in a book that represents some sort of like fun parody of. Because basically the Lilliput thing is the battle between Lilliput and the rival country, I can't remember what it is now, you know, who, how, which is based on how you open it, uh, a, a, poach, or a, a boiled egg. Yeah. So one country insists it's on the, the, the narrow side and the other one on the round side. And they go to war over this. And it was basically a parody of Protestantism, Catholicism for okay, Swift. That's fair. All right. But that was all. Like it wasn't really that much deeper than that. It was just sort of like, look how ridiculous this is, you know, to fight over something so, so, so petty. And, but yeah, when he got to like doing the Laputa and the, particularly when the island of the Wyndhams, you know, it, it, when you read that, it feels like he was like in a real state of, of unhappiness. And I think, and also kind of hated humans at that point. And the kind of the point of the whole Wyndham thing is, is how disgusting and debased humans are. And in order to like show, show that he has these sort of shining exemplars of, of civilization who are, you know, beasts who are horses that are that kind of anthropomorphized. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's a it's a strange. So yeah, part three. Oh yeah, as you say, the uh, Laputa, yeah. Rob, Rob de Nag. Uh, then uh, part three is a voyage to Laputa, the floating island. Yeah, uh, Balnir Balnibarbi, Balnibarbi. Okay. Okay. Are you familiar with that one? No. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, sees the rune uh, brought about by the blind pursuit of science without practical results. Yeah. Okay. Then it's uh, Lugnag. Okay. Uh, all right. I, do you remember Lugnag? I don't know what Lugnag's no. about myself. I don't know. Oh, wait. Uh, they're immortals. They have the gift of eternal youth, but suffer the infirmities of old age and are considered legally dead. That's all part of the Lepada sequence. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, then we go Glub, Glub, Dub, Derib. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. That uh, visits a magician and discusses ghosts of historical figures. Okay. And then he goes to this very bizarre land called Japan. Oh, wow. Yeah. What does he find there? Then they've got a thing, uh, anime. 
<laughs> sounds fake. Yeah, it does sound fake. Yeah. Sounds make them up. Made, made up. And they read their books backwards. It's no. <laughs> it's as ridiculous as as a modest proposal. Mm-hmm. They eat their fish raw. Like a modest proposal. Crazy. It's crazy land. And after that, he goes home and goes like, I'm going to, I'm never sailing again. Yeah. I've had enough and of this. And then uh, Dum Dum decides to go sailing again. I guess yeah. That's Ship, where he, he was uh, a ship's doctor. He was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gulliver. Yeah. That's a, this is the thing. I Did we mention, did we talk about this in the show? I just, we've I think we many, did. We've had many episodes. I think we did because did. I've been, tr- I was been talking about this with people all week and they've been rolling their eyes at me. Okay. But you can welcome to do so. But I've been right. thinking about like the development of the novel because I find it really fascinating. Like, like Gulliver's Travels is a, is a good example of, and um, Robinson Crusoe would be another example of where it was told in the first person. And then when people wanted to like not have someone telling you what the story, then they're like, "How can we do that? Oh, we'll have them write letters back and forth because then we can have two mm. people's point yes, of view you, of the you story." We talk a little bit about this yeah. last week. Yes. Yeah, I just find it fascinating that at some point someone finally went. And I really like to know who who thought of this. Where they went, you know, I just maybe it was maybe it was um, Henry Fielding, like with Tom Jones and stuff. But anyway, where they went, I'm just going to have like an omniscient narrator who can see everything and just tells you what's happening, mm. and aren't aren't any part of the story. They're just like a removed okay. narrator of of events. And that must have been like such a like when someone did that, people must have been like, "What? <laughs> this is a great idea." This you know gets rid of all the problems of having people having written letters, where you've got to like tell your story, but at the same time make it you know believable that people are like telling all this information in the form of letters to each yeah. other. Which at a time people wrote a lot of letters, sure. obviously. But and again, I like I like that idea because I'm like, well, I could write a bunch of letters or a bunch of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Be, yeah. Uh, then you got to write a novel, novel. Oh. Uh, let, <laughs> uh, interruption for one more question. Here, sure. Uh, if, if it please the court. Um, so you mentioned Robinson Crusoe. Sorry, Robinson Crusoe. Yeah. Okay. So Swiss Family Robinson is that is their name a parody of Robinson yeah. Crusoe? Yeah. Ah, very good. Okay. Yeah, but they're a Swiss family, so they're very efficient. <laughs> okay, and they're and they're the members of Mumbenshots. They're the members of Mumbenshots. So they they have the first thing they do when they land on this island is build a giant stage with a black backdrop, mm-hmm. so they can be performing. Yeah. And then the Swiss Family Robinson yeah. inspired the Space Family Robinson. Okay. Which happened at the same time as Lost in Space. And you think those two things, are they the same thing? They're not, but they basically are. Space Family Robinson was an animated one? Space Family Robinson was a comic, and it was a couple other things. Oh, okay. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, it happened at the same time as Lost in Space, basically. Very, hmm. very around the same, yeah. same time and very, very similar uh, premises and characters. Maybe inspired by the Disney film, Swiss Family Robinson. Could be. Yeah. Because that came out in the 50s, I believe. And there was, yeah, then later on there was the television series, Swiss Family Robinson, who had the first scary scene I'd ever seen on a, uh, on a television show. Okay. Terrifying. Yeah. To me. Which was uh, Swiss Family Robinson. Yeah. They're uh, on their island. And yeah. uh, I don't know what they were doing, but they decided to explore a cave. Oh. And then they found, uh, they found a skeleton. Oh, dear. Okay. Now, this skeleton uh, was covered in ants. Why? <laughs> because... Yeah. The ants had yeah. attacked a man and eaten him alive. Oh. And uh, and I turned to my grandparents at the time as yeah. I'm watching this and went, well, that doesn't happen. And they went, oh, yeah. And it was just the casualness of, <laughs> oh, yeah, enough uh, ants get together. Yeah. They will eat you alive. Well, well you can beat an ant. You can, like, you yeah, be yeah. able to. And it was just, well, not if there was a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Or if you're unconscious. 
Yeah, there was some there's some other situation. But just the concept that yeah. ants could eat you alive and leave you a skeleton in a cave was so horrific <laughs> to me that it just like nightmares for uh, I, forever. What I loved about the Swiss Family Robinson was their their inventiveness. Like I love their treehouse with their you know, that they created like a little yeah. way to get running water up up into the tree and they have like you know, dumb waiters that go up and down, and all that sort of thing. I just well, love all that stuff. But I would love to have seen. And it's all made with vines and wood. Yeah, fantastic, and uh, and so many monkey butlers. Um, <laughs> Don't remember that. What? Uh, no, it's a Simpsons thing uh, where they're imagining kids are trapped on an island. They're thinking like how, what they're going to build, and they're going to build that kind of treehouse. Okay. And, like, uh, I believe it's Nelson who's asking how many mo- monkey butlers will we have? They, they give the amount of monkey butlers they're going to have. It would be nice if Swiss Family Robinson, you just see them crash on the boat. Yeah. They, they thing, and then eventually they're rescued. And then you go back and see what their house looks like. And they live in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> they're already in a tree. They were already in a tree. They were just... always this crazy ass family <laughs> that just lived in a tree and this... they, and they just lived this lifestyle. And it was like, you know, they show up and they're like, yeah, who's laughing now? We, we, we prepared. We knew. Yeah. And there you go. What's weird is that they use the first name of the character for their na- their name though. Swiss Family Robinson. His name isn't Robin. His first name is Robinson. His last name is Crusoe. So it should be Swiss Family Crusoe. Yeah, that makes more sense that you call him by the last flow. name. That I know it's not well. as good, but I'm just saying. The inter- the funny thing about the book Robinson Swiss Crusoe Robinson. is that when you read it, you know all about Friday. And you're like Friday, of course, Friday. Swiss, you know, uh, Robinson Crusoe on Friday, classic. And like seven eighths of the book, no Friday. Last part of the book, Friday shows up. And he goes, thank God. It's Friday. Yeah, that's what he said. First first written occurrence of that phrase. And then it feels like Friday's arrival heralds like other n- natives coming. But I can't. It's been a while since I read that How one. How does the uh, Robinson Crusoe book wrap up? Does he get rescued? Yeah, I believe he does. Does he leave Friday behind or take Friday with him? What do you think? I don't know. I think it would be a bummer for Friday to go to the mainland. Friday, Friday's left behind. Oh, good. Yeah. No, I just thought they like, well, yeah. Friday's going to continue to be like... Yeah, his manservant. My manservant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no. Like, bad bad scene there. The relationship isn't quite as... Oh, I just, it's hard for me to remember now. It's well, how sexy is the relationship? Well, a lot of stuff between the lines. Okay. But you have to remember... A lot of wig work. That, uh, that Daniel Defoe also wrote Fanny Hill, which was a... Which was a shocking bo- body tale of the time. I don't know if he wrote, I can't remember if he wrote Fanny Hill. I just I'm saying that, but I'm not sure. <laughs> he was a journalist, but um, so he may have, he may have written that. I can't remember. Okay, well, there's absolutely no way of knowing. No, you can't. You can't know. Good John old Daniel Defoe. Cleland wrote uh, Fanny Hill. Oh, okay, John Cleland, uh, which is also called. I do have. I have Memoirs read that book. Memoirs of a Woman of Pleasure. Yes, I have. I have read that book. Oh. I think Daniel Defoe did do a Mall. No, did he do Mall Flanders? Uh, then? And then that's Volume One. Volume Two was that's what she said. <laughs> Fanny Hill, that's what she said. I think yeah, Daniel Defoe did Mall Flanders. That's right. Okay, I'm sorry, my mistake. I have also read that one, but I read these books you a long time ago. Read all the sexy books. I read all the. I don't know if it's a sexy yeah, book. Yeah, you're right. Daniel remember. Defoe did write that. Uh, also known as uh, the Fortunes and Misfortunes uh, of uh, the famous Mall Flanders. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a more of a picaresque tale, as they would call them in those days, where it's sort of a wandering tale of many characters coming and going, kind of like Tom Jones and those sort of things. But so, you're right. He did write, uh, he did write Robinson Crusoe, jo- Captain Singleton, Memoirs of a Cavalier, <laughs> Colonel Jack, and Roxana. Good for him. All the hits. I think he, I think he um, did not live a great life. but He uh, had a big wig. Didn't they all? Very big wig. And yeah. he lived till 70. It's Which good. back then, not bad. No, in the you know the early seventeen hundreds. I mean, if yeah, I mean if 
you know, people did live to that age, but it's just that more people died younger. Yeah. Just the nature of, especially with, uh, especially because of, of uh, childbirth was just like a, was a crazy murderer in those days. There's so little understood about it, you know. And even things that were understood, like these guys invented like a, a way to like turn the baby around for like breech birth, but they kept it a secret. So it was just their... What? Yeah, because then Why? you had to, because then you had to hire them to do it. If you tell everyone, then we don't have a business. I know. It was a diff- the totally different view of science in those days. You didn't share what you well, they're learned. They're goddamn monsters then. You didn't share what you learned. You kept a secret. I don't like that at all. No, me neither. I'm against it. Especially when people were dying. Yes. Ugh, jerks. Indeed, but That's they weren't the alone. That's the thing about the past. Full of jerks. They Not weren't like alone. today. Everyone's fine. Now. <laughs> Everyone's great. No, no one does things for selfish reasons nowadays. No one would buy a pharmaceutical company and raise the prices of, of, of vital uh, vital medicine. No one would do that. What kind of jerk would... Oh. Can we just get replicators? Can we just have that happen? Mm, probably not. No. Isn't that kind of against physics? Is it? I would think so. Why? What's the uh, aspect that wouldn't uh, work? Well, because what are you? What are you? Like, what are you taking and then making them from? Like, what's being formed into these? Well, I assume I had this discussion with my wife uh, earlier oh, this okay. week because okay. it's the kind of thing we talk about. I'm glad that I, glad we're stepping into something you've already. Oh, was uh, that like on Star Trek? Yes, uh, and Star Trek. Well, Star Trek: The Next Generation. I'm talking about sure because uh, they don't think they had replicators on the first one. They uh, they'd ask for food and the food would show up and then it was like, well, this is clearly made from human waste. Like it would have to be right. <laughs> Why? Because they're in space. Okay. So, like, you know, someone poops, yeah. and they eh, mix it up a bit, do yeah. some stuff, and then it replicates as the food. There's no way they're not recycling urine in the in the future, right? Like, they got. Uh, would it make more sense to stop at a planet and just load up on tons and tons of stuff all the time, constantly? Yeah. Or would it make sense? Yeah, it makes repli- a lot more sense. Yeah, to, you know, break it down to whatever its components, and then... Uh, you know, whenever he's going tea or no, very hot, it's like, well, you're just drinking pee. No, no, because you can't, because your poo is not healthy. Well, of course not. Like, but so what are what are they adding? What if they're adding stuff to the poo? To, but vitamins. they're adding nutrients. Why not just use like a, a some sort of stable blob? Like well, because it's not gotta, poo. Because you're not constantly getting a source of stable. Because poo blob. is to- poo is toxic. Yeah, I know, well, and it's full of full of like toxins and and yeah. horrible things that you don't want in your body right, that's why you're pooing the most. we are in the future so they remove the toxins <laughs> i guess but what's left well it's just like look why don't just use a stable this thing stable blob you're talking yeah about, they that would makes more to, sense they would while in space yeah they would have to stop off yeah pick up more stable blobs yeah, from where that's well because there's where are they picking it up from aren't there like where? Posts and things like that. Isn't it like an... Em- Not necessarily. What if you're Star Trek Voyager? You're lost up there in space. They did season after season. They didn't have a replicator, though, did they? Well, they must have. They Voyager? would have died. What would they have done? They just had They had their like their stores. Big thing of snacks? Their stores. With Wait, all you're their thinking Deep ship's Space biscuits. Nine. Ship's biscuits full of you're, weevils. You're thinking uh, Deep Space Nine. Uh, space weevils. Uh, they were like lost in space, much like the show Lost that's in what Space. That's what those little... That's what those little... Uh, Triffids, or no, they're called triffids. What are they called? Things? Tribbles. Little, tribbles. Space weebles. There was space talk of eating tribbles. Um, well, there you go. That's what they are. Where's the mass from tribbles come from? Like, I get that they're, uh, like, I know they ate some yeah, grain. Where are they getting energy that. from? Yeah. But it just seems like they grow. Uh, I'm going to say they have to recycle waste. There's no way that no. the Star Trek people aren't, aren't like, that, that Picard isn't drinking pee. Because <laughs> you want it to be that. I just realistically think. It's not realistic at all. Where are they getting the it's tea so from? Crazy. Is he stopping off at, like, some place and getting stuff? They, I've never seen them stop off for supplies. 
Have they ever stopped off for supplies? Because it would be boring. And yes, on very, a five-year mission, the very first episode, five-year mission, the very where first are you episode, getting new stuff. The very first episode. Okay. You see them for twenty minutes dock their ship. Uh huh. I think it takes about twenty minutes. Forty minutes. Okay. It's about it's a good part of the ep- the, the, the it's a two-parter, right? It's tw- two hours long episode. Forty minutes of it is so them b- parking a ship. Okay. And that's to load supplies five onto years the ship. With the snacks. Yeah. Like I don't know how long yeah. the next generation ship went for. But I don't think they came home at any point. They well, you don't know. They can, they have light speed. They can zip back. They can. Zip, That's zip, not zip, how zip, it goes. Zip, zip, they zip, didn't zip back home. Why not? Because the whole thing is going deep into space. It's an exploratory mission. You go far away. I think you're thinking of the first one, not the second one. Is Next Generation about exploring space? Yes, and I can tell you why. Because yeah. they do the freaking speech in that one too. Oh, I don't remember. I don't, do you think I watch these words. dumb? Think I watch Girl, these dumb, dumb shows? Like, we're, we're not going to go too far from home. We're going to be able to spin around and go light speed back. And you know, light speed means dick. All. I'm not going to watch a show with a bunch of people eating poo and drinking they their travel, pee. They travel more than light speed because that's warp speed. You've made me dislike warp Star Wars, Star speed, Trek. Bra. Warp ten is like I think ten ten times light speed. Once again, <laughs> I got to talk to Nina about this, and I don't want to talk to her because she's grumpy. She's in the other room bossing us around. <laughs> you have made me dislike Star Trek more than I did before. Okay, because now they're just a bunch of jerks flying around in space, drinking their pee and eating their poo. And now and nowadays, ridiculous. They're, they're, it takes them forever to get into space. I've been watching Picard, which is okay. Like I understand a lot of people love Picard, and that's great. But it just like, took him like four episodes just getting a damn ship and getting get into the space. And then they finally had an adventure, which was all right, where he had to dress up and uh, put a patch over his eye and someone had a pimp hat. And I was like, ah, now we're talking. What? Now we're going. Now we're going to <laughs> what town. What does he have, a tickle trunk? They got uh, dress up stuff, sure. <laughs> do they have five years worth of dress <laughs> Yeah, they, do. they don't need it. They got the holodeck. <laughs> they got the holodeck. They're fine. Oh, boy. I wonder if the replicator. I hope is, they don't have the holodeck in Picard. I wonder if that the replicator is connected to the holodeck, so that if you order when people food, poo in the holodeck, well, I'm which sure they, they always I'm do. Sure, I'm sure they do. Every time you go in there, there's just a pile of steaming turd on the floor of the holodeck. You know what I like? The toilet is imaginary. What you're thinking about is yeah. uh, is um, uh, Hogwarts in the old times. <laughs> That's what J.K. Rowling said, that the wizards back in the old days no, would, it's just, would just shit on the floor. Yeah. And here's the problem. Because what she said was they'd wear robes. Yeah. They'd just shit on the floor. Yes. Then they'd uh, do a spell on the poop. Yeah. And they would make it vanish. What they don't say yeah. is like, did you use then the wand to wipe your ass? Yes. Did they? Is that what they did? Yeah, yeah. Did they wipe the poo with their ass? They would do, yeah. I'm sorry to be getting into this. It's not something, it's not my favorite topic. Uh, but you know, no one's favorite you know, topic. No one's favorite. Topic. You're the one who brought it this up. This has really gone down a road. But <laughs> let me just tell you this much. Yeah. Have we talked about politics? Not at all. So at least we're talking about this. We're talking about uh, Tom Sawyer. We're talking about Gulliver. Yeah. We're talking about uh, uh, wizards shitting on the floor. Wizards Isn't this nice having a nice little break? Yeah. From uh, did we mention any goddamn viruses going around? Nothing. None no. of that shit. We're just talking literal shit. And it's uh, it's fine, fine. It's there you go. We're taking your mind off things. We are, yes, we're taking people's minds off. Now off you and I of are actually speaking of uh, virus land. We are heading <laughs> right into the eye of the storm. Are we? Uh, are we? Are we heading into the eye of the storm? What's the eye of the storm? Well, the eye of the storm is where you're safe. So let's hope that that's <laughs> yes, that where, sounds we're, great. where we're heading. So what's your point? My point is, uh, my wife Pia Guerra yeah. yeah. is uh, a guest at Emerald City Comic Con sure. uh, next week. Cool. Uh, many people are dropping out. Uh, many, uh, like Dark Horse has dropped out. DC Comics has dropped out. Though they don't have a booth there. 
but uh, people they were sending, they've dropped out. So there's because there's been, uh, you know, there's been some cases of uh, coronavirus. Yeah. In an old age home, people got sick. Right. And it's just, well, people aren't, and, you know, and people aren't really getting uh, checked because no one can get checked. So no one gets checked. And who the hell knows? So to be safe, people are staying home. And that is fine. But my wife has decided to go for it. Okay. I'm a little worried because she does have some respiratory issues. All right. So uh, a little bit mm, about that. Okay. But uh, she's decided to, so I'm supporting that and we'll be we'll be going. And you will be showing up for one of the days I'm as going well. to be showing up for one of the days because I want to see our friend. So uh, if you are at Emerald City Comic Con, and uh, it's, uh, I believe, Sunday... Uh, we'll both be floating around. So, uh, so say hi. And if you go like, where's Dave? I'll go, I'll find you, Dave, and I'll drag you to Dave. <laughs> and you'll go like, there he is. That's... Ask him some questions about the Beatles or Gulliver or something. Or, sure. You know, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll shit on the whole Star Trek idea. <laughs> You're the one shitting on it. And it's you, it's you'll, you'll be going up to people dressed as like, you know, uh, Donna Troy or whatever. Not Donna Troy. What the hell? Uh, Deanna, Deanna Troy. Deanna Troy. Donna yeah. Troy is from Teen Titans. Mm. Uh, there'll be a, there'll be a Donna Troy and a Deanna Troy yeah. and then a Helena Troy I, and you'll I, just be like uh, sure. I dress like Donna Reed and you'll be talking to all of them and they'll not be interested and you'll go like well try Troy again and you go what what was that about and it was a terrible joke and then you and they go like oh sorry I've got the virus <laughs> sorry, I, cough 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 I just star checked on the floor I wonder if anyone will be going yeah. as the coronavirus good for them just dressed up why not here's Tell where celebrate the news here's the great thing yeah about cosplay okay. you have you have a reason to have a full mask on your face okay you have the reason to wear gloves sure. i'm going as shredder that's a perfect costume yeah. that's yeah. a perfect costume beautiful thanks uh like a spider-man is great yeah, full body yeah uh everything's covered up it's gorgeous like that's i th- i think we really should just push the whole listen if you're in <laughs> cosplay and you're covering up your face yeah. and your and your hands you're in free Although, go, go in. Go. Although they say you should only wear a mask if you are infected. Because yes. the problem is, is that if you wear a mask and you're not infected, you're more likely to put your hands around your face because the mask is irritating to wear. And so people will pull it and they'll fiddle around with it. Oh, okay. And you're more likely to get your hands near your eyes and cause other problems. So so these are one of the things they recommend is okay, do not wear a mask. About, well, you're talking a clingy mask. How about a Boba Fett style or a <laughs> helmet mandalorian mandalorian helmet i'm sure uh, it's fine yeah that's trooper. fine I'm just, I'm just i'm just talking about like the iron man helmet i'm talking about the the the, med- the medical mask people are currently wearing oh yeah We're, we we don't want that unless you're yeah. going as dr giggles in which case what can you do what can well there are so many dr giggles cosplayers out yeah. there people dime a dozen love dr giggles and i know look we you and i yeah did uh, on fan splainers? We just did Evil Dead Two to celebrate Ash Wednesday. Yes, uh, and I know people are like listening to that and go, "Well, what are you doing, Doctor Giggles?" And I'm like, "We're not. <laughs> we're not. We're not doing Doctor Giggles." Stop. Despite the popular us. outcry for Doctor uh, Giggles, yes, we're not going to do it. Are you going to be doing Doctor Giggles too? And I'm going. I'll be saying, "I don't know if there was one," <laughs> and then they'll go, "Well, obviously there was." Yeah, and I'll go, "You're probably right." Yeah, but we're not doing it. We're not doing Doctor Giggles too. Uh, Dr. Diggles to rinse by dawn? Spit well, are you thinking and I'm he's trying a, to think. Are you thinking he's a dentist? Yeah. No, he's, he's just a regular doctor. I thought he was a, a dentist. Maniac. No, no. He's not a dentist? No, no. Well, I've been seeing the wrong Dr. Giggles. No wonder I... Oh, I wonder so that wrong. one would be an open your... I wonder if it would be like open your mouth and say, ah... That'd be that'd be a good tagline for Doctor Giggles. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was a. For some reason, I thought the Giggles was laughing gas, and that was a dental. Oh, thing. that does make a lot of sense. Doesn't yeah, it? that's my assumption. I've never seen Doctor Giggles, to be honest with you. Oh, that's fine. 
yeah, it's uh, what was what was the, I'm trying to think like what the uh, a new prescription for terror. Ah, he's a pharmacist. Well, okay, that's fine. Okay, less exciting. If you're from uh, Moore High and you get sick, fall on your knees and pray you die quick. Doctor Gills, hey, it could be better than that. That's it rhymes. I guess that's something. I mean, it is rhyme. It does rhyme. Yeah, and it stars Larry Drake. Yes, you know from uh, of course L.A. Law. L.A. Law and Dark Man. That's right. Of course, Dark Man Two. I think I'd never said Dark, Dark Man Two. Dawn. <laughs> Dark Man. Thank you. Thank you for doing something with that joke. Unlike me. How many Dark Man movies would you say there are? I'm gonna guess two. Yeah, Dark Man. Yeah, he was in Dark Man Two: The Return of Durant. Because everyone was like, "Well, what's gonna happen with Durant?" Okay. <laughs> so there was Dark Man, Dark Man Two: The Return of Durant. Yeah. And Dark Man Three, which oh, was called Durant Returns. Die, Dark Man, Die. Ah, oh, darn it. And I'm sure that only one of them started Liam Neeson. They stupidly didn't use Bruce Campbell in the second one. Well, here's my trivia. Although he appears as Darkman's mask at the end. At of At the very Dark end. Man. That yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. Um, of course, we like Bruce Campbell. Right. So here's, here's uh, my trivia for, for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like uh, George Lucas tried to get the rights to uh, Flash Gordon, I believe. Or, or was it Buck Rogers? Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers. Yeah. Uh, and so ended up making Star Wars. So too. Yes. Sam Raimi tried to get the rights to two different characters uh, because he wanted to tell one of these types of stories. Oh, okay. He could not get the rights to either of these characters, and so ended up creating Dark Man on his own. What were the two characters that he wanted to do, uh, that wanted to direct a story about, and could not uh, get the rights to? Were they superhero characters? You would you, one definitely. So and, Plastic Man, maybe? No. Oh, the uh, spirit? No, no. Good oh. guess. Hmm. One was a pulp. Uh, oh, the shadow. That's correct. And oh, I would have loved for him to do a shadow movie. Yeah. Oh, that would have been great. It feels like not too late. Like, it feels like Sam Raimi, like, after he, you know, uh, finishes up all his business now. uh, (laughs) What's he doing right now? Oh, what is he doing? He's doing uh, something superhero-y right now. It's a big deal. Oh, that's right. It was exciting that he's going to be doing it. It's very exciting. We're so excited that we can't remember what he's doing. But I saw it and I was like, oh, that sounds perfect. Yes, doesn't it? Oh, what a good time. (laughs) I'm so glad he's doing this thing. Hooray, hooray, to is this, It's just so much of it so now. So happy we are that we can't remember at all what he's doing. <laughs> because it's just so much happening that it's oh hard to... Oh, my! It's hard to remember it all. I do remember he took over for someone else. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, that's right. That's and it. You know what? I don't think people are going to like it, though. Okay, but going back, who was, the other, who was the other character he wanted to get the rights to? Okay, so the Shadow was one. That's right. It was another character that was created around the same time who was much more successful than the Shadow. In terms of popularity. Really? And he was trying to... But not a superhero. Uh, he is a superhero, yes. The other one was oh. a superhero, too. Oh, yeah. so Superman? Nope, Batman. Oh, Batman. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wanted to get the rights to the Shadow or Batman. And uh, could not. And so did that. And uh, there you go. And there you go. Okay. Oh, so this is pre-Tim Burton. This is pre-Tim Burton, yes. Okay. Okay. And pre-Alec Baldwin. Great version of the Shadow. Did Danny Elfman do the soundtrack to uh, to Batman? Yeah. Yes. So Danny Elfman also did the soundtrack to this. So there's another, oh, there's another connection. Okay. Okay. Huh. Danny Elfman and Prince. So why don't you think that Sam Raimi's going to do well with uh, Doctor Strange? Oh, I think it'll be great. I just mean I don't think people will like it because I think his style of direction people have a hard time with because it's very it's it's very uh, individualistic. Like he loves camera movement and he loves sort of almost kind of retro retro effects in his movies. You know. Mm-hmm. And so now that we've had 
you know, Taika Watiti and you. you yeah, but that's pretty know, straight. And, I mean, and Gun. He doesn't really. They don't really do tr- camera tricks, though. They don't really. But they do weird films. Like they're, they're, both those films are odd, like I guess three films now because you got James Gunn with two of them. Uh, odd. They're oddball movies. I mean, they're funny. I don't know if they're odd. I mean, I think they fall into the Marvel thing. They're not like crazy. I think I think Ragnarok's go, pretty crazy. You don't go, oh, I can't believe this movie is so nuts. Like he's starts just doing off stuff with that no Thor one... in a cage, talking to the audience, talking to a skeleton. Is, it, is he talking to the audience? or he's talking to a skeleton. Yeah, you don't know he's talking to a skeleton. Oh, but I see. He sounds like he's talking to mm, us. And yeah, then okay. Drops down, and there's a giant demon, yeah. and then uh, he fights rock it. and roll plays. Yeah. yeah, this doesn't. I mean, this is not the land of uh, Iron Man anymore. You know? yeah. No, it's not. It's but like it's not Iron crazy. Man. It's not like my it, thing. Is, my thing Ragnarok about Ragnarok is pretty crazy. But there's nothing. Thor is going down a tube while you know, uh, you know, uh, Willy Wonka music plays, and uh, and he's going to go see the Grandmaster. Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty bananas. And then there's a room that is a circle that you. Uh, it's that's pretty crazy. It's a pretty you, crazy movie. You mean crazy for a Marvel movie? Yeah. Because for like a regular movie, it's not like super crazy. I mean, like yes, it is. What, I, name a movie that's uh, more wackadoodle than, than that is like a space. We just talked about um, Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead Two is way more wackadoodle in that movie. It's, I'll take and the camera cabin. It's like he's in a that's cabin. That's fine, then, but it's just the it's just the what he does in that cabin, like what the effects and he stuff plays that with Sam his hand. Like it's no, no, talk about Sam Raimi. Yeah, okay. What he does in that movie, like the 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 camera tricks and and the things he brings to that film, are you know very much his own sort of thing, and I and. And well, I think I, mean, I think are, people nowadays watch Spider Man too. Let's say that I yeah. really like that movie, and That's a lot of them great. think people think it's corny and, because he, he brings a certain element of of hokum or corn to his films. But it was an incredibly successful movie. It was an incredibly successful film. But I think I'm talking about people looking back at it from our perspective now. To then, people have a hard time with that movie. You know? Okay, it's true. Well, it's, well, it's true. But that's just the past. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's like Sam Raimi isn't necessarily the Sam Raimi from back then anyway. Yeah, possible. He's Maybe like he's, Sam Raimi now. Maybe he'll just lock his camera down. This on, is a Sam Raimi a... who has watched all those Marvel movies since as well. Sure. And, you know, knows what's going on. So uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see. He also produced uh, all the Grudge movies. Did you know that? I did know that. I did not. I've he... not seen a Grudge film. I have seen them all. No, I haven't seen them all. I've seen several of them. The first one was okay. It's kind of like the those ring movies. There's a there's a uh, you know whatever it's called where it goes it goes it gets lesser as as it goes on. Camera uh, diminishing returns. Diminishing returns. That's what I was looking for. That was the expression I was looking for. Everyone, my brain is giving me diminishing returns. That's absolutely fine. Do you know any movies that Sam Raimi has uh, has been an actor in? Oh no, I don't. Okay. Uh, is well, it a, a Coen Brothers movie? His uh, his his biggest role. Yeah. Was in uh, Indian Summer. Uh, where he was an assistant to Alan Arkin in it. I don't know that movie. Okay. He was also in John Carpenter's Body Bags as a gas station attendant that gets murdered. That is a John Carpenter film I've never seen. And uh, he was also in uh, The Stand. I don't know what version of The Stand or what have you. Okay. Uh, but he was a dim-witted uh, hitman in it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I was talking the the um, I me- remember me talking last week about, I was talking to a young woman who worked as a background yes. actor. Or extra, what are you going to call them? That was a job I used to do a million years ago. Nice. And she quite likes it, you know, because it's money in her yeah. pocket. But um, she was telling me that she is uh, in a new version of The Stand they're filming right now oh, here yes. in Vancouver. So I thought that was rather interesting. And uh, I wonder if it'll be any good, because it seems to me that it's a very difficult novel to make properly. Yeah, well, they they weren't able to do it with uh, what's it's the Dark Tower. That's that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I didn't uh, see that. Yeah, 
that's uh, on your recommendation. I did not see yeah, that. Yeah, that, that was a mess. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I do want to get to, to your thing. I will okay. just say a quick thing because yeah. uh, we haven't talked about me enough. Um, no, sure. When I first started going out with uh, my wife, uh, she she mentioned a movie that she liked, and um, I think she got the name a little wrong. And then she mentioned it, and it was like it was a uh, the cutting edge film, okay. uh, DB Sweeney uh, yeah, yeah. movie, Omar Kelly, and uh, and yeah. it, I, I remembered that like the the poster. It was, uh, it's like a hockey player and a figure skater. Yeah. They fall in love. Yeah. And I love that the, um, yeah, is the ultimate love skate relationship. Sure. Right. And sure. I said to her, Oh, I'm in this. And she went, <laughs> What? I'm like, No, I'm in this movie. I was an extra in this movie. What? I'm like, and so we tried to find me, and I'm like, just out of the shot. Oh, it was dear. disappointing. Is that the they, one where the, with the chicken? What happens with the chicken? You said that there was a you did a film one time and they pr- promised Kentucky Fried Chicken or something like that and they no no, no I wasn't actually in that oh one. okay okay I'll tell you that one real quick afterwards but uh, yeah I was I'm in there's a scene that's in a movie theater and they're kind of falling in love and I'm just off to the side okay yeah but I spent the whole day in that movie theater which was freezing no the the chicken thing that was Rocky Four oh okay which I okay. was not part of oh you just heard the story they shot yeah they shot uh, in I think the I think the Coliseum just down the street from me okay. please don't visit me um. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was it was Rocky versus uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren's character Drago. Yep. Uh, and and yeah, they promised everyone Kentucky Fried Chicken, so they were all extras that were yeah. cheering and Kentucky yeah. Fried Chicken. And then they uh, brought them all. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember whether it was Church's or Brownies Fried Chicken, mm. but it was ever whatever was one level down. Yeah, yeah. From it, and I think it was uh, Church's. Church's uh. would make more sense. And the and the and the crowd just like got so mad. Hmm. So furious, it was like this bullshit. Most people throwing chicken, they're not happy. <laughs> yeah, they don't talk about that when you talk about Rocky Four. Is Kentucky Fried Chicken the most overrated fast food restaurant? Do, uh, who rates Who rates it highly? I think people people like Kentucky Fried Chicken and think of it fondly. Okay, but I think if you objectively like eat their food, like judge their food outside of like a nostalgia, you know, shield sphere, you would. Uh, Agree that it's basically the greasiest, awfulest. But I think people want that. They want food. the grease. Is that what they want? I, I think so. Well, it's be- look. I'll tell you, it's better than churches for for sure. Okay, better than churches. I've not had churches. Not as many. good as Popeyes by any okay. stretch of the damn yeah. imagination. Yeah. I'm trying to think what other alternatives there would be. Back in the day, there'd be brownies. How about uh, Lee's famous recipe chicken? Lee's the was okay. famous, the famous Langley restaurant. Well, uh, then we're going to go Duffins. And I'd say that mm. would be the best of uh, of the bunch locally. At okay. Least. Yeah. Okay. If you get a chance in Vancouver, come to Duffins, and uh, they were donut place. They also got fried chicken, and uh, damn, it's good, and it's open twenty four hours a day. Nice. Yeah. And so is the restaurant. <laughs> That's right. Yes. The the thing about Kentucky Fried Chicken, I think, is that we remember it from our youth. It was a different recipe then. I it was believe. a different recipe then. It was, and it was not. It was. It was a different company then. Like nowadays, it's just. It's. Uh, yeah, I was joking with someone. I think I made this joke in the. Sh- I said this joke in the show, but I was joking with people at work one time, and I said, "I said I discovered the uh, secret recipe for Kentucky Fried Chicken." Says, "What is it?" I said, "It's a bucket of grease with a bone, in, chicken bone in it." And that's basically what it feels like you're eating. It's just like Extra this giant. Salt, please. Yeah, it's just this, this giant greasy thing. And I've not had Popeye's chicken, and I keep meaning to. And now, oh my god! What? The reason I didn't do it before was because I was in the middle of my my uh, Lent. Lent fast. Well, why can't you? Yeah. It started again. Because you need uh, you need to have a coke with it or something. I feel like if I go to a restaurant, I really like to have like a, uh, a pop with it. All right. Well, after you have Lent, we'll do this. But maybe, maybe, maybe I'll go. I don't know. There's a weird period in suburban Vancouver history. Yeah. 
involving Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay. Which, when you look online, there's no record of, and okay. I want to scream, I'm not insane. You are You're insane. insane. Okay, let's hear and your... And it was, it was a brief period of time where the Kentucky Fried Chickens, on, like on Scott Road and yep. in other places, yep. changed their names to Eddie's Eggs... And like something else, like it was like Eddie's eggs what? and something else, yes. And but they'd serve still Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay. But they also would serve eggs. But like the franchise got bought out locally by someone who changed the name. Okay. And they kept the building. Yeah. And 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 it changed for a while and it had the same food, but like a couple of different items. Yeah. And then they changed back years later. Because brand recognition. But okay, but I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it was like Eddie's eggs or some... It was like Eddie's for sure. And there was eggs involved. Really? Something in eggs. What a strange... And it was... I know. And no one remembers this. And you no. lived in the damn neighborhood. I did. And we would go to Kentucky Fried Chicken a lot. Yes, you I... would. And that's the one that would have it. And yeah, it changed yeah. a little bit. It changed a little bit of the design. The sign was a little bit brown. Yeah. Uh, they took the the kernel off it. Okay. Uh, and it was so bizarre, and no one, no one remembers this. I don't think this, and this happened. This went on for a couple of years. I think you had a memory replacement. This is, uh, I know. This is this is where uh, people look at me like I'm bananas. You but had, I got I got to find out what the hell happened with this. You had a hypnagogic dream, and it's taken. It's 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 erased the actual. <sighs> this event. is one of those things where I do actually then have to like talk to people I went to high school with and just go, "Do you guys remember this shit?" Because like it was a little. <laughs> we bit went to after high school. I, I was remember. in high school. It was mm. a little bit after I was in high school. Okay, okay. And I even think I know some people that work there. But yeah, it was so strange. And then like later on, Kentucky Fried Chicken came back, and then almost immediately they changed their name to KFC. Mm-hmm. They went to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Betrayal. Meh. I applied to work there, but it, I did not get the job. Okay, and why was why was that? Because of your criminal record? Uh, no, I think because of my criminally pimply face. It caused me to not get jobs in restaurants think, at that time. I think everybody who would work there would end up with that, though, right? It was a very greasy environment. And possibly. Maybe he, he was taking pity on me and said, you know what, sir, if, or a young man, if you come and work here, you will look like, you'll look even worse than you do now. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. The first, uh, the first uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, was uh, opened 67 years ago, but 89 years ago. Yeah. That's when Sanders Court and Cafe opened, and that's the first place. Oh, that he could get the chicken. He developed the recipe. One of my most disliked episodes of Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, was an episode where um, uh, Half Pint, I guess Laura, Laura Ingalls, and Nellie uh, both. Uh, Who's Half Pint? Half Pint was what uh, was what um, they called uh, the father called the daughter. The oh, Half Pint. Okay, who's very into uh the imperial system of me- measurement <laughs> so. he said uh metric upon my dying breath. yeah yeah oh all americans say that to this day yeah and so he's very traditional back then but they had a f- uh, best fried chicken contest okay the two of them. that was the rivalry through the whole episode and then at the end we're like i never want to have see another chicken again and then colonel sanders came in a guy dressed as colonel sanders what and colonel sanders came in and just like I'm looking for a place that does something, but I've got my fried chicken here. And they tried it, and they really liked his fried chicken. And he was like Colonel Sanders' age now. Yeah, yeah. So Colonel Sanders, I mean, this is before Colonel Sanders became every stand-up comedian in the world and became a rapper and all sorts of stuff. It was yeah. just like, oh, so he's a time traveler. So, you know, he's a time lord. He's or immortal. Or he's just a person who's been imitated throughout time. Could be. He's just, there's always a different... Colonel Sanders for every generation. Yeah, there's a, it has its own Colonel Sanders. Yeah, they all look. They get the Colonel Sanders they deserve. Yeah, yeah. 
They all look into a mirror and say his name five times. And shows five times? And gives you a bucket. Well, that's that's the Candyman situation. What's the deal for Bloody Mary? How many times you got to do for 25 her? times. 25 times? I think it's three times. That's too many times. <laughs> yeah. It's just to discourage kids from doing such nonsense. They get 25 times. Ugh, that's too much work. They're just too easily, too easily distracted. They get to like 17. They're like, what? Where am I? <laughs> I can't remember. Where. Yeah. How many of the names? That I, yeah. The trailer for the new Candyman looks pretty good. Is that right? Yep. Good. Yep. It's, I remember uh, uh, thinking the, the uh, produced first, by Jordan uh, first Peele. one was kind of silly. Yeah, it's uh, it's not outstanding. Uh, the the producer is Jordan Peele. He's the writer. He's not the director. The director is a woman whose name I forget, but uh, looks like she's doing a good job. Good. I don't know it either, but good for her. But I think we will after it comes out. <laughs> Jordan People. Peele is one of these guys like Taiko Watiti, who you yeah. go like. Well, now you're doing too much stuff. Okay. Now, how many TV shows are you doing? Well, how many movies are you doing? Yeah, well, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. That's a lot of things. He has a couple of assistants. I guess so. I so hope. I, I wish them both well. I think they're both creative and great. And I'm just like, get some sleep. Both <laughs> of you just get some rest. And yeah. at some point, swap projects. Just look at that uh, nice Quentin Tarantino boy over there. Look at him. Uh, he, he works really hard and then comes out with something every few years and people go, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. he doesn't have to do like 67 TV shows in the meantime. It's fine. <laughs> Video game. Yeah, he, he seems to know how to take it easy. That mm-hmm. guy. I, I would like to uh, be invited to a, a movie, to one of his movie nights. What type of movies does he show? I think it's anything that he likes. Like, okay. like he'll just show a movie to his friends. That'd be kind of cool to be invited to sit with Edgar Wright and Eli Roth. And not that I like Eli Roth stuff, but. He's probably there because he's a friend of Quentin Tarantino and sure. Christopher Nolan and other friends of his. They sit it together and watch movies. It'd be kind of fun. I feel like Eli Roth is doing a family film. Yeah, Death Wish too. Death, a death in the family. Honey, I death the kids. Honey, I death the kids. <laughs> yeah, feels like. Well, he did do the house with a clock on its walls, which was not, which was, which was kind. Did of he do kids. that? Yes, he did. He was. It is a kids' movie. That. You're right. Yeah, I've not seen it. I meant to watch it, but I, I watched Goosebumps two instead. Yeah, he's doing uh, he's doing Borderlands. That's that's his next thing. But I, I don't know if that's uh, anything uh, or uh, whoa, or eh. I, I got no idea. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how any of this works. I don't know how TV or movies work. I guess he made his reputation with his first couple of shockers, and now he can kind of take take it easy. Just do movies for hire or whatever he's doing now. I can't say exactly who I'm meeting with. This is a scoop. Is it Alan Alda? Fuck off. I guess everyone knows now. No. <laughs> <laughs> though i have been listening to his podcast oh he's got a podcast yeah huh. i listened to the one where he interviewed um yeah he actually his latest one you'd like oh he just interviewed paul mccartney oh wow yeah he interviewed conan o'brien he interviewed tom hanks i always i always like to hear paul mccartney reinvent himself again well you're going to hear him talking to a slightly sleepy man okay because that's the way it comes across when he mm. when uh, alan alda is talking with him sure um uh, i haven't listened to the paul mccartney one but the other ones is just i was like, just watching alan alda in uh Murder, uh, Manhattan Murder Mystery, the Woody Allen. Oh, okay. The very good Woody Allen film. Very good film. He would just say, Van Keaton. Would just say it's his best Woody Allen film, and I will interrupt you and say, no, it's not. Crimes and Misdemeanors. Well, I prefer the, to me, Manhattan is my favorite Woody Allen no, film. No, no, I'm talking with Alan Alda. Oh, with Alan Alda. I'm sorry. The best Alan Alda Woody Crimes Alan. and Misdemeanors. Well, I prefer the jokey Manhattan. If it bends, mystery. it's funny. If it breaks, it's not funny. Yeah. No, he's very good. I mean, that's a very good part of that movie. But I would, I would, to be honest with you, I, do, I you know I really like Crimes and Misdemeanors, but Manhattan Murder Mystery is a movie I, I would watch again. Do you know, know what I mean? Whereas Crimes and Misdemeanors, I was, I'm happy I watched it once. It's fine. I think Move some, on. I think sometimes my favorite Alan Alda performance is Joe Flaherty doing Alan Alda. 
We go like, yeah, not, that might be one of my not, favorite. Not uh, the father and Betsy's wedding. Uh, no. Okay. Though, uh, I also feel weird about that one because my friend Betsy, when she got married, yeah, uh, for her stag night, her friends made her watch that movie. Oh, and she how went, odd. That wasn't very good. No. I'm like, I'm sorry. I understand that, and I wasn't part of that. But yeah. I felt like I felt bad about it. So I was like, sure. Yeah. There's a, here's the thing that uh, that bothered me about that Alan Alda, and then we'll get to my uh, thing that I can't talk about. <laughs> yes, I'm stating. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big setup for absolutely nothing. Beating around the bush. Yeah, for for a lot of I can't really. Is it mention. George Bush? No, no, it's not. Okay, uh, it's a famous cartoonist that I'm having lunch with tomorrow. Oh, uh, that's you, all I can say. Can that's, you tell, so there we go. Can you tell me off mic? Yes. Oh well, everyone, I'm gonna know something you don't and know. And I will. Uh, semi-retired, but the strip's still around. That's a clue. Hmm. Um, lives locally. Lives locally. Oh, I think I know. All right. There we go. Um, I didn't know they live locally till they went. Oh yeah, I live locally. I went. Oh well, well, we shouldn't just call each other. We should like meet and like. All right. Then they went. I'll buy you lunch. Uh, they said. And then uh, <laughs> I, uh, I went. To, I said. She said. And that that would even uh, make it even yeah, clearer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, and then uh, so there you go. All right, Alan Alda. Yeah. Uh, what what bothers you about Alan Alda? Four seasons. Yeah. Fuck that movie. Here was what it was. Yeah. I was watching a show, and I think it was like an Oprah Winfrey or something along those lines. Oprah Winfrey. And and they were talking about, uh, in the movie The Four Seasons, where uh, Alan Alda says the line, are we having fun yet? Hmm. And he goes, people quote that line back to me all the time. And uh, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know who originated it. Uh, I would love to know. And then it's some, and then he starts going off about Kierkegaard or something or something. Kierkegaard. Okay. And then someone, and it's sure. a little bit of a pretentious riff. Sure, sure. And then someone in the audience the has their of hand the raised and uh, goes, "Oh yeah, uh, there's a comic strip called Zippy the Pinhead." And Zippy the Pinhead's uh, catchphrase is, "Are we having fun yet?" It's Bill Griffith. Yeah. And uh, Alan Alda goes, "You know, look at this guy. I'm talking about Kierkegaard, and he's bringing up like comic books and Zippy the Pinhead. I don't know." And I thought like. Well, go fuck yourself. Yeah, really. You know, like, who was the guy who just went like, "Where's this phrase yeah, come I'm from?" Yeah, I've always wondered. And then this I would guy love tells to know. it to you, and then he goes, "Yeah, that's dumb what you say." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, you condescending Prick. piece of business." Yeah, fuck you, Ellen. All yeah, putting uh, putting all the asterisks into the word mash. You know who didn't have that? The movie. They didn't need that. Movie did. Movie had that, didn't it? Did they? Well, one of them didn't. <laughs> either, the, either the TV show or the movie. Didn't. Are you sure? Yeah, one of them didn't. What? Yeah. Why? Well, I, they just didn't. Okay. Talk amongst yourself for a second. Anyway, so have you told me your story now? Or you're gonna hit pure story. That was the whole. Oh, that's the whole thing. You're... That was the whole story. Okay. Okay. Well. I'll, okay. I'll... Mash TV show did have the asterisks. Okay. Yes. So the movie didn't. Then is that what you're saying? Uh, the book did not. Okay. And the movie, I believe, did not. Let me take a look at that. <laughs> okay. Wow, we're really going a long way to to figure this look, out. Look, man. The importance of asterisks. Yes, the movie did not. Oh, okay. So there you go. All right, let me let me let me do this again. Hey, Alan Alda. Yeah. You pretentious son of a bitch. Uh, you're putting uh, asterisks into your uh, title to make it even bigger, huh? Well, that's convenient for everyone who has to like type that shit out. Yeah, it is. Could type it out nice and fast, and now we got to like find the asterisks. Just go use cap locks. Exactly. That's what I say, Alan Alda. Well, anyway, I liked him in Manhattan Murder Mystery. Yeah, there you go. He's very good in that. I didn't like him in Mash Murder Mystery. Mash Murder Mystery? Yeah. That's the last episode. Yep. That was not good. Oh, I guess it kind of was. Yeah. There was a little thing. Yeah. 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 Ugh. <laughs> we both agree. We both agree. And what was no the good. name uh, of the yeah. 
animated series that was a light parody of it. Of of that episode of Mash? Not that episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was an episode. It was a cartoon about a chicken that turns into a baby. Yeah, yeah. And it solves mysteries. Yeah. No, that wasn't <laughs> what it was at all. Okay, it was a it was a, a cartoon version of Mash. It was a cartoon very loosely based on uh, Mash. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And I'm looking. I'm looking. A at cartoon. Is it okay? This is a shot in the dark. Shot in the dark here. Okay, and let me. Okay, I'll give you clues. After oh, okay, this. give me clues then. All right. Uh, let's say it, it takes place uh, up north. Uh, it was a uh, yeah. That's right. It it, uh, it was part of it was part of a TV show uh, that uh, Charles Nelson Riley hosted called Uncle Croc's Block. Oh, I did watch that show, but I do not remember this cartoon. Right, uh, and it was it was part of that. And it was a it, that part was a satire a satire of uh, children's programming. I'm I'm looking up a little bit more about it because yeah. I want to make sure that I'm getting this. There you go. Uh, so so yeah, it was uh, in the it took place in the frozen wasteland of Upper uh, Sabunia, and it's a parody, yes, of Mash the uh, the uh, the television. What series. was it called? It was called Mush. And it was about sled oh, yeah, dogs I do remember that now. working at a medical outpost. Mm. And it stands for Mangy Unwanted Shabby Heroes. Wow. Well, those were the days. You, the know, other, what? Uh, you know what's the, better? No, tell me. Entertainment Now. But, uh, but, but, <laughs> it but is. Dave. It is better. The other things they had there were uh, Wacky and Packy. Sure. Uh, Prehistoric Caveman and his, uh, Woolly Mammoth. I do remember that one. Uh, and uh, Frady Cat. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what Frady Cat was about? A cat who was afraid. He was, he was down to his ninth life, I guess. That's exactly it. Mm. And uh, if he mentioned any numbers yeah. up until nine, the life that he had would would uh, reincarnate in front of him and try to help him out. Okay, okay. And, uh, but it would be like, so like the early one would be like a caveman cat or then like a pirate cat or what have you. Okay, okay. But if he said nine, a giant nine representing his own mortality would appear <laughs> and would shoot lightning bolts of death at him. And if one struck him, he would die. Lucky he wasn't German. That's true. Mm-hmm. Very true. He's just a cat who can't say no. I've been watching a Stephen King thing recently. Despite my, I wish it was called a Stephen King thing. Yeah. Uh, despite my poo-pooing of Stephen King. A show called The Outsider. Okay. It's on HBO. I didn't know that was a Stephen King related. Yeah, project. it's on HBO. All right. Um, but it's produced by Jason Bateman. He stars in the first couple episodes. And, and it's, it's interesting. And Sam Raimi tried to get the rights to Bateman. Um, but, he he? Could, but he couldn't. He couldn't, so he went dark man instead. Yeah. And Date Man. <laughs> Date Man. And uh, what I find curious, it's, it has, it's got supernatural elements to it because it is a Stephen King thing. Okay. But what I find interesting is 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 that Jason Bateman, I, I'm kind of thinking that he's the one who's producing it, that he didn't just come in and, and have a hand in it. But I think I think he kind of, he directed the first couple episodes. He, um, I think he co-wrote the first episode, but he has to go back and do Ozark. So we can't like be too much. Oh, okay. So Ozark's still going on. Ozark, I believe it is. Okay. Oh, I heard really heartbreaking news, and I'll tell you in a second. Oh, but, okay. Sorry. But it's not not heartbreaking. But it's just right. it's, then, uh, it's then, depressing. Then I won't be uh, it's depressing. sad. Um, for me, okay. it was. Uh, I will be sad. But what's interesting about it is that the people he has working on it are like Richard Price, and who wrote Clockers. He's like a okay. He's like a detective fiction uh, writer. He wrote um, and then and then um, Dennis Lahane. Who wrote like uh, Mystic River and Gone Baby Gone? So he's kind of like a writes sure. in that sort of genre as well, kind of true crime sort of thing. And so it's really kind of interesting, like choosing them as like the people to do the adaptation of it. So you have like this 
kind of a story with with uh, supernatural elements. But then you chosen chosen writers who are like who write in a very much sort of based in like reality of police work and stuff like that. So it really kind of gives the show an interesting tone where, uh, of the sort of real day to day life of police people, plus also this weird supernatural thing that's happening. Oh, okay. And I'm been quite enjoying it. Next week is the is the finale. The other thing I've been enjoying about it is that it's on once a week. It's not like a binge thing that you watch in yeah. one night and then you go, "What happened? Who was the thing that that thing happened to?" Or someone goes, what do you think in that episode, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I don't know. I just watched it so fast. I don't know what episodes anything happened in. But this has been kind of fun. So, like, you know, at work, people, we've been watching it. A few guys have been watching it. And so we then on Mondays, we come in and go, what do you think when? <laughs> Which I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that kind of. Water cooler. Yeah, that kind of, uh, water, yeah, around the old uh, water tank, whatever. It's, yeah, water cooler. Water cooler? Is that water cooler, yeah. Were they, was the water cooled in the water? Was it actually, like, cold water in the old water yeah, coolers? Yeah, water cooler would cool the water, yeah. I used to own a water cooler. Well, I know, but I'm thinking about the old ones, like in the old days. They yeah. didn't. It didn't look like they were plugged into anything. It just looked like it was just like a stand with a bottle on oh, it. Oh, maybe that is the case. Okay. It was just called the water cooler. That's, that's right. I believe, what it was called. Yeah. I know what you mean, but yeah, it's nice though. It's nice to have like something that you. That you <laughs> I can, like, like the, I like that you know what I mean when it's like that's that's what it was called. That was just what it, it was. No, no, I mean I know what you mean about like the center on the water cooler. I think that's yeah. a a good an apt term for it. Yeah. Did you see the Jack Benny show last night? What? How old are you? <laughs> Did I, I? I'm a time traveler. Have you met Colonel Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's pretty good. I kind of I, I kind of recommend it to people. I haven't seen the last episode yet, so I can't entirely recommend it because uh, it just might, you know. And what is it? What is it on? What channel? What it's on HBO. Okay. And I do I did keep the Crave package, Crave Plus or whatever, so I, I still have HBO and the movies and things. There's like a lot of stuff on uh, on uh, on. Uh, on Crave for yeah. for you to have. Yeah. Oh my lord. Sorry, I went down a, a dumb rabbit hole here where I was going like, how many Stephen King TV shows have there been? Because uh, I know we went through the movies once upon yeah. a time. There's the hospital one. Yeah. We got to. Okay, I'm just gonna go through them real fast. Yeah. We got Salem's Lot. You tell me if you've seen them or not. That's a good one. Salem's Lot. Very okay. good. Yeah. That's from '79. Yeah. They remade it. Directed by Toby Hooper, I believe. Okay. And then in 2004 they remade it. Bag of Bones. Nope. Okay. Big Driver. Nope. Castle Rock. That's the more recent one. I have not seen that. Desperation. Nope. The Diary of uh, Ellen Rimbauer. Nope. Golden Years. I did see that one. Nope. That was the uh, old people who were getting younger and younger. Okay. That's pretty good. Uh, the miniseries It. Yes. Shot here. Kingdom Hospital. That's the one you're talking about. Saw a little about. bit of that, yeah. Yeah. That, that was shot here as well, right? I don't know. I think probably, so, yeah. Probably. Langoliers. Nope. Uh, I did like that one. That okay. was creepy. Uh, hmm. Lizzie's Story. Nope. The Mist, the TV, the TV series. Did not watch it. I hated uh, the movie, which apparently was better than the uh, the movie. Uh, Mr. Mercedes. Okay. Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Again, I feel that was shot here. I feel most of these were shot here. Probably. The Outsider. I've uh, seen Quick it. Silver. There you go. Quicksilver Highway. Don't Rose know. Red. The Shining, the miniseries. Okay. Uh, Sleeping Beauties. Sometimes they come back. The Stand. Uh, I've not seen them. That is coming coming out. I've only heard them, them as being bad, so I'm kind of curious about this one. Yeah, there was the stand in '94 and the stand coming out. Storm of the Century, Tommy Knockers, Trucks, and uh, uh, one that was uh, co kind of created by someone I know, uh, Under the Dome. Okay, yeah. not seen it. Who uh, produced uh, Brian K. Vaughn produced the first season and okay. then uh, left. Oh, and, and a huff. Mm-hmm. Okay. None of my business. <laughs> you and, if, and if it was my business, I would not be telling it on on here. Well, I won't even tell you who I'm having lunch with tomorrow. That's true. You're very very close. Who's a local cartoonist. You know you you know Who's that we a local need cartoonist. You know that we require that we require 
grist for this particular mill. So I would prefer if you, what do you gave make, up some... What do you make out of grist? Grist? Yeah. Is, uh, is that that's a name for like the, the wheat germ or whatever that goes oh, into the nice. mill? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What if you have a grist allergy? Well, you're in trouble. Okay. That sounds fair. I was watching an interesting video the other day. Tell me about talking it, Talking about gluten. Okay. And its uses. And talking about gluten allergies. Sure. And celiac disease, which sounds very terrible, by the way. Yep. It's really awful. I'm sorry for people who have, of course, or have celiac. Uh, that's yeah. Apparently, the really um, one of the gluten allergies, like like you know, you're uncomfortable, but celiac is like causes like body changes that are really unpleasant. I'm trying to remember who was the cartoonist who just did this this week. But they're talking about one of the writers on Alien who based the uh, alien bursting out of the guy's uh, stomach from uh, an experience they had with uh, with the celiac disease. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Here's what it feels like. It's very, yeah, yeah. Because it, it apparently, like, it causes these little hairs in your stomach to stick out the wrong way. And so it instead of instead of everything, not, nothing's going smoothly through you. I used to be a semi-regular on a TV show called Mason Lee on the Edge, which was an interview okay. show. Yeah. And uh, he had he was a he had uh, celiac disease. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing they were saying on the show regarding celiacs is that the problem for them now is that restaurants don't tend to take gluten allergy very seriously because so many people are just do it do it for weight loss and stuff like that. That so though they don't keep the food as separated as they used to. You know, like before they would be, they were very careful because celiac was a very serious disease. Yeah. But people who are just gluten sensitive and stuff like that, they just don't have to worry about it as quite as much. And so people tend to not take it as seriously. And so that's causing some problems. But the other thing that was interesting about it was that um, gluten-free diets, which is funny because people go gluten-free to lose weight, but actually gluten-free diets are higher in fat because the binding agent you need in gluten-free foods is fat. So you can't use the gluten. So you need some something in there that will help to bind dough or whatever. And so you use like fattier stuff. So it tends to be like two or three times as fatty as gluten uh, I, bread. I know a couple of people have gone on those and they've worked for them. Yeah. But I think that my theory on anything like that, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, is, whatever you're doing, yeah. Is, uh, is that uh, you're just aware of what you're eating. Yeah. Than, you know, the mindless eating. For sure. Yeah. yeah and I think that's where... Yeah, most of the weight comes on. And then this lady who was doing it was showing how they use gluten for a lot of um, uh, vegan foods because, it, once again, it's such a good binder. So what they'll do is they'll wash all the wheat, like all the flour and stuff out of and just leave the gluten. Yeah. And then they'll use that to make like, you know, little like like little cakes and like little meat cakes and stuff like that. So I thought that was quite interesting. And she made some on the show. Like she got the gluten and then she made these cakes and she goes, actually, they're really good. She goes, oh, these are really quite good. I can see why people like these as an alternative. So I thought that was interesting, though. But there you go. So it was kind of an interesting yeah. pro program. I thought it was kind of fascinating. I don't know why. I, the reason I clicked on it is because I've been watching. She's been doing these videos that um, uh, whatever it is. Oh, man, how come I can't think of words anymore? What a world. What a world, people. That, uh, you know, like uh, prove, disprove, like video. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like say like. Debunking. Debunk, yeah, like so yummy and stuff like that, yep. where they'll do these little quick things and it'll be like one microwave uh, evaporated milk for 10 minutes and you're going to get caramel. Yeah. You're going to get a fire. <laughs> yeah. That's you're going to exactly. get a horrible fire. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, no she'll, way... and she'll demonstrate it as well. So she'll yeah. put she'll put evaporated milk into her own microwave for 10 she minutes. She needs, by the way, to be better mic'd. Oh, you have seen that show then? Yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. But she's just back here. Yeah. She's yeah. Yeah. All the way. It's like, she's all right, she's Australian and yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that yeah, I quite enjoy those because um, I've often wondered with those so yummy because I remember like reading a 
recipe from one of those one time. And then I was, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And then I was looking down and people were like, they're like, how come it didn't work for me? And they're like asking all these questions. And then, then if you watch the recipe, you're like, oh, I guess they're leaving stuff out. Yeah, there's one that was but, like but, microwave gummy bears. Now yes. when you've got the liquid gummy bears, just pour it into the glass, put it at an angle. Children yeah. will enjoy it. It's like gelatin. Yeah. No, it's no, not no. At it's all. basically it's re- rehardened into gummy bears. Yeah. And also anything where <laughs> yeah. you're like uh, heating up candy. Yeah. I mean, nothing is more stick to your skin and burn the shit out of you either. Mm, it's like yeah, yeah. terrible. I know there That's was one dangerous. where it was like some sort of hot caramel where they were like just drip it down onto uh, like a, 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 ba- a egg beater. Yeah, 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 yeah a mixer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like and, and then they tried it in like an enclosed space. And yeah, it just went everywhere. It's oh scalding. my god, that will just burn the holy hell out of you. <laughs> yeah, it was it was melting the shrink wrap she put what on it. What a nightmare! Too. I know. Just oh yeah, yeah. Shrink wrap has a certain amount of fire or heat resistance. Sure does, but not that much. <laughs> not much no. no hot caramel. Like that's one yeah. thing. Like I do a lot of cooking, and you know, you boil things, or you've yeah, got like yeah. some oil, and you're gonna put something in some oil. Like, okay, I understand that. But the thing that I'm most about is, yeah, if you make caramel, like some sort of like caramel. anything that's sticky that will stick to you. That yeah, is yeah. the thing; it yeah. will stick to you, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, if you get like if you get your hand in some boiling water, oops, like immediately cold ice deal. But like when it's stuck to you, brother, that's yeah. a bad time. Yeah, I've only uh, made. Something caramel-like once, and that was I made peanut brittle, which is tricky to make because I didn't have a I didn't have a candy thermometer when I tried it the first time. It didn't work out very well. Mm. You can't you can't like guess that it's hot enough. You have to have like literally at that temperature required for it to like then when it when it um, cools down it will be brittle. Yeah, the other day I was uh, I was making I we I, we had some ice cream. And we had some pecans, and I just went. I wonder if I could make a topping out of this. So I, I, I just like put the pecans in a in a pan, and yeah. I was cooking them with a put some butter in there, and just put like some brown sugar in there, and just mixed it all up okay. until everything was was melted. Yeah, and uh, then just like poured that onto onto the ice cream, and it was great. Mm. Like it was really really great. Good. And I'm like, all right, this is uh, mastered this this simple <laughs> thing. But you know, I didn't go all the way to make it full on caramel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because she does demonstrate in the video that you can make. You can turn turn evaporated milk into caramel in a microwave, but I believe that she had to do it like ten times for yeah. thirty seconds. And, and it you just, take it out, stir it, stir, stir it, back, yeah, take yeah. it out, stir it, and it's just like yeah. get a bowl or get a pan. Yeah, and it's just a lot do easier. It. It's a lot easier just to heat it up. And you got way. more control over it yeah. that way too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I have been enjoying those videos as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad. And something I can't remember. It's how 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 to cook that or something. Yeah. The only the only problem again I have with her is just like. Not a good mic. Get a lavalier. Like yeah. you've got, you know, you've got all these followers. Like for crying out yeah, loud, yeah. If both you and I have randomly stumbled ac- ac- across this. Yeah, yeah. Then there, she's doing well enough. My my, uh, I guess my algorithm recognized that I do watch cooking videos. Not me so much as Eve watches like a ton of cooking videos. So yeah. and she watches it under my name. So right. I get I get my algorithm is really messed up. Same with Netflix. My, I have I have no algorithm there at all because apparently it thinks that I love murder. And I don't like murder that much, but it really thinks I like murder because Lisa watches Netflix under my name. So. Well, she can't watch anything else now. You've gotten rid of the uh, murder channel. This is your, oh, I know. This it's your my problem. own you fault. Killed I, it. You I, killed them. I am. And, like, and then one day yeah. she's going to come in and go like, who got rid of the murder channel? I don't know. Dun, 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 <laughs> then you have to figure out all the clues. Well, I don't want to get murdered. Oh, God. So I'm going to go to our letters now, if that's okay, because we're at the oh, sure, old 90 want. minute mark. If you want. Uh, were you reaching for something? Yep. It's okay. Go on. Okay. Go ahead. It's not a gun. It's not a gun. Okay, that's fine. Well, I didn't think it was a gun until you said it's not a gun. Um, So last week we asked, what's a good uh, piece of it? What's a piece of good advice you give that's always ignored? And 
what's something you'd like to see adapted that's not been adapted to film or TV? Uh, Mick Elliott writes, Mick Elliott writes. Yes. Hey, gents. Uh, belated happy birthday to Dave. Happy birthday to you, Dave. Thank you. Um, a book series that is ripe for screen adaptation, apart from Sparks, of course. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to talk about that. It's coming out, uh, the second book in uh, August. Uh, August 4th. Sparks, uh, August 4th. Double Dog Dare. You can order uh, it on Amazon right just now. Just got the other uh, script off last week. I hope they like it. Oh, boy. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so I have, I by the way, like that is too. the why. Sorry to interrupt your letter for a second, Mike. That's the reason I haven't been able Mick. to watch any. Mick. Mick. Sorry, Mick. I like calling you Mike, though. Uh, if we're friends, can we call, call you Mike? Um, the, re- the reason is I, I haven't been able to watch a lot of shows because I've been so into writing this other thing and the plot's been dominating my mind. But now it's done so I can actually watch things. Um, yes, so a book series ripe for screen adaptation, says Mick, uh, spark, uh, apart from Sparks, is the Mysterious Benedict Society by Trenton Lee Stewart. This fantastic series for older kids is outstanding. It's about four orphans who are recruited uh, by a small and enigmatic spy ring to infiltrate a sinister school run by a megalomaniac Gillian. Oh, there's a mistake uh, thing, which is, of course, a mistake later on that gets corrected. Uh, It is uh, part Lemony Snicket, part Roland Dahl, and part James Bond. It is a series recommended. uh, Now, uh, just had a little pop-up thing come up it is a series recommended for readers who have finished reading harry potter and are looking for something to read next great characters lots of action twists humor netflix if you are listening oh you know they're listening get on it and then uh goes ah that should have read uh villain though a megalomaniacal uh jillian anderson perhaps would also make a great baddie <laughs> yeah she's she's very good edward or ed dragansky uh, who, uh, he wrote that. I didn't, uh, say, uh, I, I, I'd just pick one, but that's me. In my industry, <laughs> a good piece of advice that's been ignored for as long as I can remember is do not outline your fonts in Adobe Illustrator. <laughs> what if we revise copy edits? Also, if the art is going to print, more yelling, do not work in RGB. Convert it to CMYK. That is all. He says that is all, but he continues. But that's so. all the advice. Oh, that's all the advice. Yeah. It does continue. Yep. As for adaptations for film or TV, and I've mentioned it before, the original Frank uh, L. Frank Baum Oz books, Ian hit the nail squarely on the head last time I wrote of this, mentioning how perfect the Oz stories would fit into a streaming service for television. I couldn't agree more. The original stories are just strange and off-putting enough that I believe they would attract a broad audience of today. If only they can distance the production from the 1939 MGM musical that is so beloved by the world and create something that's faithful and compelling on its own. If this ever happened, my dream job would be to work on its creation and art direction concepts. I'm well aware of such hurdles uh, uh, hurdles of creating within the shadow of a well-loved property since I am currently working with Amazon on the new Middle Earth series. Believe me, it ain't easy to do such a thing without Jackson's visuals uh, that have so saturated everything. I think the same could be said uh, of Oz from a viewer's point of view, but I, along with Ian, have read the books, so I know that I know what that Oz would look like, giving it a completely different look uh, than what audiences would expect. Agreed. I would say uh, if you've got Disney Plus, I believe Return to Oz is on there, Fruza Bulk's uh, uh, version. Of oh, really? That. And it's got a little uh, taste 
of what the original books were like on there. Mm, a little mm. of the creepiness. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say give that a, give that a little look. I will, because I remember watching that at your parents' house mm-hmm. when we were younger. And they said, get out! Ian's not here. <laughs> it's true, they did. They did. Is that all the letters this time? Those are, those are our letters, yeah. No Louise? No. What the heck's going on? Well, we'll go, let's go check on her. Yeah, we have to pay okay, her <laughs> See you later. Um, she told me to get out of the house. Oh, she, she did. Okay, yeah. well, I won't go in then. The truncate silence got rid of the yeah, yeah. Uh, two hours it took for me to get there. <laughs> okay. I was just sitting here reading my phone. Uh, speaking of reading my phone, Nettie, Nettie Thibault uh, sent us a message a couple weeks ago, and I don't think we, we read it. Oh, damn. Sorry, we, sorry about that, Nettie. We'd ask what your cure for colds Oh, was. yes, please. And she wrote to say that she liked... You know what? No one needs that nowadays. No one's feeling ill. No Everyone's one's feeling fine. ill? Everyone's fine? I don't think there's, uh, I don't think okay. there's any reason people don't well, uh, care for... This is for, ne- this is for next year, then. For next year, if you yeah. do get a cold next year. If you do get a cold next year. Oh, very good. Okay. All right. This is... Uh, she likes to treat it with foo or fo. I don't know how you say that. Okay. Fa? No, fa, right? Fa. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. They call it fo- the fo Manchu mustache. <laughs> uh, fresh shredded... Fresh shredded ginger root and honey and hot water or lemon and honey and hot water. Sleep a lot. Then she says, uh, neti pot. Does that make a sense? Yes. Neti pot. Neti pot. You uh, pour the um, salinated water into you. I do a version of that. Okay. Uh, pour it into your nose and it drains out the other uh, Oh, nostril. I see. I see. Woo. No, it's, it's quite nice. Salt water, gargle. Yep. Okay. I do none of those things, but that sounds... I, do, uh, I don't do a neti pot, but I do a very similar thing on a regular basis. Okay. A regular basis? Yes. Regular basis. Most days. Hmm. Uh, for her birthday, mm-hmm. this is her. This is what they do for a traditional birthday. Go out for breakfast, eat cake, dress up, and go somewhere. Surfing, ocean, nap in the sun. They live good lives. They do. Whenever I see pictures of uh, of uh, the two of them, uh, holy cow! It looks like they're having a nice time, and then they're always surrounded by amazing cats. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? It's That's, pretty. It's pretty good. That is a nice part of yep. their. Uh, it's okay. always it's always a treat uh, catching up with them. And speaking about. Ed Dragansky, which we were. Sure. Ed wrote to recommend an, a documentary. Okay. He said, I wanted to post a link to an HBO documentary, if you haven't already seen it, titled The Price of Everything. Mm. You spoke about Cindy Sherman and some other art-related topics, so allow me to point you towards this eye-opening documentary about art, artists, and the collectors who buy their art. These folks live in a pretty crazy world, which is very true. And that's all we're seeing. And he, le- he put a link on our Facebook oh, okay. page. And so if you want to check that out, they can go to Facebook. But just so you know, it's on HBO and it's called The Price of Everything. And then he also wrote to say, well, he did send us a picture of Sparks that he found at a Barnes & Noble in, yes, in much Plano, Texas. That. That's great. Is it Plano or Plano? I don't know. Uh, it's uh, pronounced Fa. Fa. Fa, Texas. And then he also wrote to say, even more on art or museums that were discussed. My son Alec and I enjoy the local museums in Dallas and Fort Worth. So we visit them often. There's a really great museum called the Museum of Biblical Art in North Dallas that features Jewish and Christian art. Alec and I were there almost a year ago, and he walked into a room before me and spun around to hold me back. Dad, wait. I want to go in first so I can see your reaction. (laughs) Alec walked in, and as I rounded the corner, I saw an original Marx Brothers Warhol. I was beside myself and probably wept a bit. This is something Alec and I really enjoy doing together. If you've never been to a museum and are missing the opportunity of sharing the experience with loved ones, do yourself a favor and go. Experience great art with others, and not just one museum, but all of them. It's worth it. Oh, nice. My daughter Eve would tell Ed to go jump in the lake. as She was 
forced to go to many museums on our on our trip to to Paris and uh, Pisa and, and Florence and Venice, and um, resents it resents it to this day. <laughs> so there you go. Well, yeah. if you don't have resentments from when you were a kid, but you I mean, living. I mean, you go to a place like Paris, you know, you really owe it to yourself to go to the Musée d'Orsay, to Louvre. You don't just see everything in them, but just go in and, and find some things that you love. You know, there's, there's so many different kinds of art there. And even if you're just like history, you know, you can go down and there's like a gajillion rooms of Etruscan art, all these vases and things. How old and was she at the time? That we were in Paris? Probably in her, like, 11. Yeah, it's tough. 11, that's 10 tough. or 11. Yeah. Because I think a big part of art is the perspective you bring to it. Yeah, And the reflections you have of things. Yeah. And when you're 11, yeah. your world view has been limited yeah. to where you live that's and your true. block. And they, and if there was something in there in the Louvre and you went in, it was like, it looked like the cul-de-sac you were living in. And there was a little <laughs> twist on that. And it was like showing, you know, yeah. the emptiness of le cul-de-sac. Yeah. Huh? yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, or the substitute teacher, she's scary, no? She represents <laughs> death. Huh? Then she'd probably like be more into that. Or sure. SpongeBob. Pourquoi? Pourquoi SpongeBob? The existential sp- SpongeBob. Yeah. yeah. No, the girl's thought the Pompidou Center was absolutely ridiculous. That just drove them crazy. There was like a table with a bunch of pots and pans piled underneath it. They're like, what does this even mean? This isn't even art. And as I, Stupid. As I said, the, one of the surreal things uh, when when I was there, we were there with, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna drop names, uh, Fiona Staples, uh, we went there uh-huh. uh, with. And uh, we went and we went like, uh, okay, I guess you got to see the Mona Lisa. So we saw the Mona Lisa behind the bulletproof glass. Tons of people, just as ridiculous. Well, this looks dumb. Uh, and then like I backed out of the room and I'm talking and I'm walking backwards, which is my mistake. And I almost bump into the Venus de Milo and the Venus de Milo is loose. Oh. It's like, it's not behind yeah, yeah. glass. No. Like I literally, if I was waving my hands, I could have smacked her and I caught myself with like, Oh geez. I almost said like, I'm sorry to Venus de Milo, which was even weird, but it was like, well, why is this just out here? And why is this? Behind bulletproof glass. No one wants to shoot the nice Venus de Milo lady? Venus de Milo is too heavy to carry around. Well, I don't mean stealing, but like it's behind bulletproof glass. So like someone wants to shoot Venus de Milo in the face. <laughs> no, no. Not my, Mona, Lisa. Uh, Mona Lisa. Yeah. No one wants to shoot the Venus de Milo. Mm-hmm. I guess they look at her and they go, she's been through enough. Yeah. She lost her arms. She lost her arms. What am I going to do? I'm going to yeah. shoot her? Like, I, I, then I'm the jerk. Yeah. Whereas and then Mona Lisa's looking at you with a big yeah, smug eye. But you know what it's also called, right? La Gioconda, the Gioconda smile. Well, people yeah. think Gioconda, they think it's a snake. Well, of course they're going to shoot at it. Yeah. That is, uh, that is scary, yeah. having a snake in the Louvre. It is. Yeah, yeah. That's the old expression. A real snake in the Louvre. <laughs> a real snake in the Louvre. That's right. I'm sick of these motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking Louvre. Well, here's a question I have yeah. for our listeners. You can come up with a second one because I'm being oh too... Oh, my God. I'm being too picky picking too many of these things my question this no week for our listeners is okay. what is something cultural yeah your parents guardians or anyone who is in charge of you yeah we could even make it a teacher if you wanted uh took you to mm. and maybe it was a positive experience maybe it was a negative experience okay but like something cultural when you were young they're like oh this and then uh what that was uh what that was all about okay all right well i'm gonna go simpler then Okay, and just go, duh. <laughs> duh, duh, dumb idea. No, I want you to tell me your favorite artist. Okay. That has to be a, like a fine art, not like a, a director of films or whatever, like someone, someone involved in the, the visual arts. Okay. 
but not film. It's going to be like that, eh? It's going to have to be a visible artist. It has to be visible. No invisible artists. Okay, fine. Yeah, no invisible artists. All right, fair enough. Who did Piss Christ? Who did Piss Christ? I can't remember his name. Sorry. Okay. Why? Is that know. your favorite one? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it was okay. Was it? Fine. Oh, uh, let's see. Who did... Uh... Well, oh, it's just a... Oh, okay. I thought it, it, it was a photograph, or was it actually a... No, it was an actual thing. It's just only see pictures of it. Yeah, okay. Uh, it was uh, Andre uh, Serrano. Serrano, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah small yeah, plastic man. crucifix submerged in a small glass tank of the artist's urine. Now, my feeling about that is this. Okay. At some point, you steal it. You frame him for murder because you've got his urine. <laughs> okay. Is there anything like that where you just got put yeah. your DNA Isn't into Isn't there a the simpler work? way to... To frame him for murder? To frame anyone or to do I that. I think here's what I do. The I'm, problem with framing someone for murder yeah. is you have to know where they are when you murder someone. Hmm. You have to guarantee they're by themselves. Right. No one's around. They haven't. Right. No one's called them. Okay. So and be careful. What? I'm just saying be careful. Okay. Here's what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to just... That's part of the outsider is that someone, someone's, that someone's murdering children, but the people who are suspects have alibis, and yet their DNA is all over the place. So how, how similar is it to the book The Outsiders? By S.E. Hinton. Um, well, it's funny. Who? But, yeah. Twist ending is a lady. Yeah. Uh, Drake J.K. Rowling, twist ending, uh, maybe a bit transphobic. Is also a lady. Yeah. Um, the, uh, what were we talking about? Oh. Uh, we're talking about Piss Christ. No, no. Uh, the Outsiders. You said it is The Outsider, yeah. like the book The Outsiders. Yes. That's the catchphrase of the police officer. He says to everyone, stay golden, pony boy. Oh, so that's a lot like Piss Christ. It's a lot like Piss Christ. Because <laughs> he's, he's golden. And Stay of course, golden. yeah. Stay right. golden, Piss Christ. The famous, the famous line from The Outsiders. <laughs> from the author P.P. P. Hinton. Um, I was reading, a, I was reading a, an, a, a article that was very critical of that by that Just, David Mitchell. Okay. But I don't know. I feel critical like... Critical of Piss Christ? Yeah. Okay. I was just saying it was ridiculous and had no meaning and blah, blah, blah. But I think... Yeah. But yeah, I think it does have meaning to the artist. Like if you talk to the artist about what he's trying to do there... It does have meaning for him. You know, I think it's an interesting, you know, and I don't think it's necessarily a criticism of Christ. I think it's, like, I don't think it's a criticism. I don't, like, I don't, uh, I don't know. I just feel like people lose their, people lose their minds over these things for no particular reason. Serrano himself said of the whole controversy, Okay. I had no idea Piss Christ would get the attention it did. Since I meant neither blasphemy nor offense by it, I've been a Catholic all my life, so I am a follower of Christ. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, he probably decided it looked kind of neat. It was sponsored by the National Endowment for the Arts. Oh, that's what got everyone's that's knickers in a twist. That's what's gonna get you. Everyone's knickers Those in a twist. Those fat cats downtown yeah, in Washington, giving away they don't like that. They always keep the urine in your pants, is what they say. <laughs> and all the uh, all the right all the right wings commentators looking for something, looking for something to get in a big yeah. You got to look for something that means it. nothing. Yeah, yeah. And you got to make a big blow up of that. Because there was also that one where the guy did a Madonna using elephant dung as part of the the the, the medium of of the. It was called uh, some kind of like name for the Madonna, but once again, you know, he was trying Maybe to do like Madonna because you're made of poo. <laughs> All the people in here gonna look at you. Lady Madonna. Yes, you made a poo. Just like the food we get from the... What are the things called again on Star Trek? Replicators. Replicators. I'm sorry, I can't remember what they're called. It does actually sound like the replicators are uh, Doctor Who villains. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like uh, art is... um, Yeah. Like, I kind of... Like, I think if (laughs) it's Explain art to me in the last uh, five minutes of this podcast. I mean, if you... 
if like, if you're talking about conceptual art, which is kind of what that what those people are doing, like I think if you have like a good concept to it, then it's, it can be very valuable. Obviously, there's bad art, just bad conceptual art, and there's also badly painted art. You know, that's you know that has no particular meaning, is trite or meaningless. You know, and so. And there's also art that people say is trite and meaningless that isn't trite and meaningless. It's all subjective, of course, yeah. and it's up to you to bring to bring. It's up That's to, not music; it's just noise. Yeah, it's up to you to bring value to to what you hear. There's a song I love called by a, a woman called Patty uh, Patty Waters. It's called. It's a version of um, "Black Is the Color of My True Love's Hair," and it's a really harrowing version of the song. And you're like, why did she write a song that's so harrowing? "Black Is the Color of My True Love's Hair." Well, because she was married to a black man. And her family disowned her. Oh, okay. For doing that. So this is a song of pain because it talks about something that's very painful for her. And so the song is about pain. Yes, if you listen to it without that context, it can seem just about uh, just a noise. But it's, uh, I think it's really beautiful. So yeah, I think that um, I think that art is subjective, but also it also has, you know, it's subjective, but it's also objective in the sense that. The meaning, there's meaning to it for that. If you look into it, you'll find that meaning. You know what I mean? Because someone like Serrano doing Piss Christ, like he may not want to talk about the meaning, but it does have a meaning for him. He did think of that because it's meaningful. Right. I don't think he's just doing it as a stunt. Yeah. Like for him, it was it was worthy enough uh, for his efforts to make it and create it and bring it into the world. Yeah. Sure. Like let's not do it while asleep. Yeah. Yeah, like you don't really know what he's criticizing or if, if it has a critical meaning or if it just has a meaning for him, the idea of that, you know, Christ in us, you know, like, you know, and like, whatever. That's my that's my final comment on it. Whatever. Especially when we were talking about the, the context thing there. It's uh, that just a dumb joke that I used to do all the time <laughs> that only made me laugh, which was uh, there, it'd be something like it'd be a beautiful forest we're going through or something that's, uh, you know, and, I, and I'd go like, wow. This is a really beautiful day, and then I turn to someone and go in context. Yeah, <laughs> or I just be like eating a, eating a meal, and the meal will be really good. And I just go, "This is a really delicious steak." In context, sure, sure. Either, I, you wouldn't get it otherwise. <laughs> but I get I get what this steak is trying uh-huh. to say in context. Yeah, it's yeah. a really cute dog. In context, sure. Yeah, you're not enjoying that dog on a deeper level as I am. Mm. Come here, boy. Ha. <laughs> that, you know, well, I get, it. I get it. I mean, you're making a joke about that, but I am. It's also true. It's also true. Like you could enjoy a dog more than, like, say we were walking down the street. Okay, let's let's say we're walking down the street. You just did. That's all I wanted to just get I mean, you to a say that. Funny joke in context. <laughs> um, say we're walking down the street and we've come upon a dog, and say it's Ooh, a, gross. And say it's a multi. I'm not into that. <laughs> I said, come upon, not come on. Come upon a dog that's a multi poo. Now I grew up. My dog, as I grew up, was. Was it multi-poo? And did you ever come upon it? <laughs> Maybe when I was a teenager. Not saying. And and Well, uh, I've forgotten all the fucking shit wizard <laughs> wand stuff from earlier. You're, you're the one who brought it Once up. Once again, everybody, no politics. <laughs> there but, you go. But Enjoy the break. What I mean, though, is in context, that dog would be more meaningful to me than to you. Absolutely. Like, I, yes. It would remind me of my dog. Like, it's a little black multi-poo. I'd be like, oh, it's Scamp. For, like, just like my dog Scamp. Sure. For you, it'd be like, oh... Okay, it's a dog. Dogs are cute. I like dogs a lot. But for me, it would have that, that slightly like deeper. Me. I am a robot. <laughs> I'm just saying it offhand. <laughs> he is a robot. Oh, there's a dog. Powered by I poo. Under- I understand what what robots are. Yeah. Are in dogs. Power, powered by human poo. Who's your favorite dog robot? I nope. No, no, none. I can only think of one, and I'm not, I hate it. Oh. Oh, Dagbots from uh, Battlestar Galactica. All right. 
Oh, wait, isn't it Doggett? Was it Doggett? I can't remember anymore. It's been a long time since I saw it. Dagbot. It I can't remember like, what it's called. It sounds like a Blondie uh, thing. <laughs> it's, it's a robot Dagwood. Uh, I'm going to go... I like uh, sandwiches. Yeah, I'm going to go... Was it called uh, a Doggett? Uh, uh, Dino-Mutt. Doggot? Da- Doggett? Was it what it's called? I don't remember. I think it was... I think it was... I think Daggett, now that we're talking about Daggett. it. Daggett. I think Daggett. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I believe... I just... You know, obviously, over the many, many years that I live without having to see Battlestar Galactica... I'm not going to say K-9 from Doctor Who, because K-9 is garbage. Okay, would you say K-9 from Battle of the Planets, his little dog there? Was he an actual dog? Oh, he's a robot dog. He was a robot dog, yeah. No, I don't it, like... And by the way, it, it it is Daggett. Okay, cool. Oh, but I'm sorry. Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, the the dog... Okay, it's okay. it's a Daggett. Yeah. As in, that's a dog. It's called a Daggett. Yeah. But robot the dog. name of the Daggett... Yeah. Is uh, Muffet. Oh, Muffet. Yes. Huh. But there are other uh, Daggets who you will see. Uh, you will see in uh, not in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. But you will see them. Yeah. In uh, Galactica 1980. Okay. Okay. Huh. So yeah. By the way, this was the big mistake. That's the only one I'm gonna. Let me tell about. you, this was the big fucking mistake. Battlestar Galactica, the new version, made. They showed it in the final episode. Yeah. I didn't see the final episode. I didn't make it that far. <laughs> okay. I liked it. I thought it was very, very good. And I was like, sure. eh, it's too sure. much. Whatever you say. Um, they're throwing people out of airlocks. And then I didn't watch I, it all. Lost but me. you loved it. The final episode should have had them find Earth. But yeah. it's Earth in 1980. Cool. And so it's everyone who looks exactly like from the TV series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Galactica 1980. Sure. And then they've got to, you know, live that 1980 lifestyle. Was there a character on... The new Battlestar Galactica, okay. called like named after the like like Starbuck and the new well, Starbuck, yeah, on the new on the new Battlestar Galactica, yeah, there's Starbuck. Oh, okay, yeah. And well, who's the other guy's name? There's two guys, right? There's Starbuck and then the other guy, uh, Apollo, I believe. Apollo, that's I right. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Starbuck was a woman in the uh, new version, which the old Starbuck did not care for. Oh, is that right? Yeah. What did he say? Uh, what what's this bullshit? I don't know. He just didn't he didn't care for it. Yeah. Didn't like it. Later on, I think he got used to it and it was fine. I think I think because it felt like she was replacing him, so maybe there's a little of that yeah, jealousy. Yeah. But then over time, because that TV series was popular, yeah, it raised the awareness of the old series. Okay, so now he's getting more work. Uh, you know, and not just work as face. Yeah, from uh, eighteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know he was that. I watched both of those shows of, as a kid. Of, of course you do. Yeah. I once had a, a weird uh, thing where I'm sitting at a um, table at San Diego Comic Con with with friends, and then uh, Richard Hatch just like sits next to me, oh, because he knew someone at the table and just starts talking, and we immediately bonded and had a really nice time. Nice, yeah. It was like, uh, oh, oh, I'd like to mail this back to 1970s me. <laughs> Get a kick out of this. It's pretty good. Hey. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, and sorry, he's no longer with us. Mm. Yeah. He, uh, anyway. Oh, you're going to do a mean-spirited nope. joke? I was. And yet, you didn't. Good for you. I think you learned the lessons Battlestar Galactica tried to teach us. Oh, is that right? Is yeah. that the lesson? Would you don't be a fucking dick. Oh. Driving through the um, George Massey Tunnel. Okay. Oh, like, I get it. Like, launching, like the, launch, the launch in oh, okay, Battlestar yes. Galactica. Yeah, very good. Because when you drive through it, you're in the dark, but then there's these lights along the, along the wall on both which, sides of you that go... makes sense in context. Yes, in context of me being... My age, I saw Battlestar Galactica. To everyone else who's listening to the show, they're like, "We don't even know what you're talking about. Never been in George Massey Tunnel. Yeah, never seen Star. Or never seen Battlestar Galactica. That's okay. It's so singular. It's just for me. Just for me. We all have different references, and that's yeah. fine. And by the way, 
if you don't get our references, that's fine. We don't get some of yours, and none of that's it's all fine. Yeah. It's all fine. Totally fine. It's all fine. Dave? Yep. Let's bring her home. Everyone. Much like Galactica finding Earth in 1980. 1980. Everyone, I have my hair carefully feathered 1980 style for this final part of the show. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, if you'd like to contact us, here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. Our show posts on stinkydragon.com. You can go there, find this episode, and you can leave a comment underneath this episode. And you can answer our questions, which were, who's your favorite artist, and what was something, um, something, how do you say it? Something that your parents or a guardian took you to. Yeah, cultural. Cultural thing that had made a big impression on you, yep. for good or bad. And uh, we will answer those questions next week, if we haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> you can also contact us via email at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We're on Twitter at sneaky underscore dragon. And we also are on Facebook at sneaky dragon. Those are all ways to contact us. And uh, we do read all those things. Sometimes we forget to uh, read all the comments that you've made, but we often or always do see them. And one more thing we also have a uh, address for. The post, a postal address on our website. If you go to the contact us page, you will find that address there. So if you'd like to send us a letter, a heart, a heart, what was I going to say? I can't remember. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. If you want to send us a human heart. If you want to send us a human heart in the, in the mail, please use that address. Uh, just pack it in nice. And if you want to see us in person, uh, uh, Sunday, bloody Sunday, what the hell? Uh, if the Sunday the 15th. Uh, Dave and I will both be floating around uh, Emerald City Comic Con. And mm. uh, if you want to see my wife, Pia, she's going to be at table J12. J12. Uh, probably won't, not going to be a lot of people around. So you're going to be able to say hi to us. Yeah, space. that's true. There's going to be a lot of space there. Yeah. This is uh, where I really get to stalk some celebrities. <laughs> Now's it's the time. It's going to be pretty good. Now's the time. You can finally say what you've always wanted to say. Hey, to Famke Jansen. Hey. Who, oh, who, Famke Jansen's going to be there? I don't know. No. I would be all over that. Well, that sounds weird. I just mean I'd be into it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not sounding better. I'd be into it. You're not, again, not helping. Into meeting her. I uh, I ate sushi uh, next to her uh, once for uh, oh. two hours and learned a lot of personal things about her life. She's you... a bit of a loud talker to oh, her friend. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You wish you didn't know those things? It wasn't that I wish I didn't know these things. It's just like, well, here was the weird thing. It was like the last time I'd been to that sushi restaurant. Yeah. Hugh Jackman was there. Okay. And it was right before the X-Men was shooting. Okay. And we thought, like, that's Hugh Jackman. And yeah. we just knew him because he, he was shooting the X-Men. We didn't know him from anything else. Sure. And we're just like, oh, that's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Should just say hi? No, that'd be weird. He, want, doesn't, want, he doesn't want any attention. You didn't know him from the Road Warrior? Yeah. And was he in the Road Warrior? He's Australian. No, he wasn't in the Road Warrior. At one point, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm passing one way. He's going the other. And I'm like... That guy's big. Like, he's bigger than I would have expected Wolverine to be with a lot of muscle on him. I'm just like, okay. whoa. And But again, you know, just, you know him, but you, you, you're being cool. Yeah. And just, like, give the nod and uh, go, go on. Go on. And then uh, uh, as he's getting up to leave, uh, he, he stands up. And I think I've told this on the this, on this show before, but I'm going to do it again. He just goes, uh, it's been a delightful meal. Pack up all my cares and woes. Here I go. <laughs> Singing low, and the two women his way there go bye bye, and then they all harmonize blackbird, <laughs> and like well that's the end of that. That was great. We all have a lot of clap as he's getting ready to leave. Where somebody? And he's doing oh he's gonna play himself all the way out to the door. Yes he is. 
Waits for me, sugar sweet, so is she. Harmony, bye bye, Blackbird. No one here comes back in. Love or understand me. Get out! I know, eventually, like, but then, yeah, it ends with him because he's got to, like, leave through the door with a Blackbird. Bye bye. And out he goes. And I was like, that was pretty great. So the next time I'm there, Famke Jensen is like, well, how many X-Men am I going to go through? Yeah, really. We go back another time. We're like, well, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Who's the X-Men we're going to get sure. now? And we look over, and it's uh, Michael Rosenbaum, but he's from Smallville. Oh, I thought and it was Jake Gyllenhaal. No, sir. You're like, wrong Nightcrawler. Wrong Nightcrawler. But this one, no, it's, uh, you think, uh, it's Professor X? Wrong. It's uh, Lex Luthor. And then uh, and P goes, you know what? I'm going to send him a note. I'm going to send him a note just to say, hi, I work yeah. for DC Comics. Just, yeah. I like your work. And so did, and it's like that's enough of that. And then uh, as as uh, you know, he's leaving. We're like, well, that's he comes over to our table. He's like, I just want to say hi. And and we and we start talking, and like he won't leave. <laughs> like he won't leave. Like we can't get out of this conversation. It's like I don't know if it's like a joke of like, oh, you want some attention? I will talk to you to die. <laughs> like we're trying to eat, and we're just like, yeah. Did you watch this week's show? Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Uh, there. So finally, like his friend is like, we gotta go. Our rides here. All right. So off they off they go. We we have our meal. We go. That was uh, it was delightful and charming. Uh, we go. We got to go go to the drugstore to get some personal items afterwards. Yeah. Who's in the drugstore? Uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Hey, how's it going in the personal items aisle? I'm like, oh, hey, Michael Rosenbaum. We can't get rid of Lex Luthor. He's our greatest enemy <laughs> now. We used to be friends, but now we're now mortal you, foes. Now you I understand. know exactly what Kal-El is going through. Now you understand. Oh, my Lord. Yes. You I need understand. to get back to my Fortress of Solitude so I can buy these items. That's great. Okay. Well, uh, I just have one more thing to say, actually, before we... Please. Before we... Uh, I did a musical number. Cast I, I dropped adrift. three names. You did? I did all this stuff. Okay, but go ahead. <laughs> I just want to point out that uh, this is episode 431, and I just want people to get in the question-asking mode now, because oh, episode 450 boy. is going to be our traditional Q&A episode, where we will answer any and all questions that are asked to us oh, to the best of man. our ability. We have done many marathon shows, everyone, and so we will get together a prize package, and we probably will have a uh, little a little mail out for everyone who asks a question as well. And just so you know, every question is a ticket in our draw, and so that's how we like to do it. So start early, start often, start asking questions. We'll keep track of them, and we'll do a marathon show. If you go back to episode, I think 50 was a question and answer show, mm-hmm. 150 was a question and answer show, 250... 350 and now 450. I think one of them was over five hours. It was insane. I think we did five. I think we did three hours last time, three and a half hours. And then Mary and I did an extra two and a half hours of musical questions. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's a big undertaking. So please make it fun. Please ask us some <laughs> questions. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy those episodes. So, um, yeah, that's all I'll say right now. So that's coming up for episode 450. I think giving you a heads up and a little bit of a, a head start is fun. So there we go, everyone. So thank you for listening to the show this week. Mm-hmm. We will be back next week mm-hmm. and we will be even cooler than we are now. Stay loose. Stay goose. Stay goose.